Welcome to the Powwow with Myra, where each week we bring you an inspiring person and their stories to help us discover different ways to see life and its challenges. My focus sits on being thoughtful, engaging, and entertaining. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for watching. All right. Well, Jesse, thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Um, so I want to start off by asking you, like, w- who you are, where you come from, and for now, where you are right now. Yeah, sure. Um, my real name is Jesse Delaney Kelly. Um, so that's where the Jesse Dale came from. Um, I took off Kelly and, and made it Queens because I grew up in the neighborhood in Mississippi called Queens. Mm. Um, I spent most of my life there. <clears throat> Actually, um, I was all my life there. I went from a bunk bed to getting married. Um, so, I, you know, so a lot of my life was spent in that little room. Um, so that's where the whole Jessica Queens came from. Um, I was born and raised in Jackson, Mississippi, um, with, um, my sister and a brother. Um, so it's, it's three of us in the family, no kids here. Um, my mother, Diane, and my, Je- uh, my, my dad, Jesse, um, James Kelly. Uh, I would have loved to have been called Jesse James because I'm a Western fan. But my father said that he, you know, doing school, uh, he got talked about so much being a Jesse James um, that he didn't want to put that on me. <laughs> you know, so... Um, yeah, so um, my dad is a is a preacher. He's he he pastors two churches, two churches in, in Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, nice. So I grew up in a very religious background, very very strict, strong religious background. Um, I never would have thought that I would be a rapper today. Okay, so um, that's kind of where I started. Um, spent a lot of time in church, a lot of time in school. My dad was was very involved with his ministry. Um, he he's a he's a people person. He has a, a good heart. Um, so we we grew up helping the homeless. Uh, we spent a lot of time in um, the senior citizens um, places and giving them food. And I would play the piano for um, all the senior citizens people. And my mother and my sister would, would sing. Uh, we, we did that, and we were out walking the streets on the weekend with my parents, uh, helping the homeless, helping people that didn't have a whole lot. He would crack open his Bible and read scriptures and talk to them and try to help them. Um, So that's kind of like my foundation. Um, I'm still a people person. Um, I think it's good for, you know, whatever city you live in, whatever country, it's it's just good to just kind of like get, dive into um, helping people, mm-hmm. right? And I, I'm still like that now. Um, so that's my my beginning, you know, in Jackson, Mississippi. That explains your huge heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. can see I can see that better now. Yeah, I was trained to 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 to, to, to help be that way, and now it, it it's part of me now, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So who's who's Jesse now? Um, Jesse is um, a lot of things. Um, uh, he's he's impatient when it comes to um, following his dreams. Mm. Um, I'm 45 years old. I'm 45, <clears throat> and usually um, a rapper would usually start his career when he's in high school or she's in high school. 
Um, but you know what? Based on how I was raised, I didn't even think that I had a chance to even do what I wanted to do because um, how I was taught, you know, you, you really value your, your parents' mm. opinions mm-hmm. and you value your uncle's opinion, you value your auntie's opinion, your cousin's opinions. And you kind of like live your life based off what they think you should do. Mm-hmm. You should go to school. You should, when you, soon you leave high school, you, you go this, you do that, mm-hmm. do this, these things. Um, being a rapper isn't, is not cool. You know, you don't make money off of that. You can't be a comedian. You can't go into acting. You can't move to California. You know, mm-hmm. those kind of things. And they mean well, mm-hmm. which is why I respect them. Right. And so um, my life was kind of molded into what I thought other people wanted me to do. Gosh, man. And, and you know, so um, I'm, I'm kind of impatient now when, when it comes to what I want. Mm. And I've I've made my, my, my likings and what I want to do a priority. Um, and that started last year. Um, this my album I suppose had been out already, but um, you know, fear, not knowing that if the music scene will accept an older gentleman mm. to be a rapper, mm-hmm. you know, because I am a gentleman, you know, I don't, I'm not a killer, you know, I don't deal drugs, I don't do all of that, but I do have a story, and some of my story is very scary, mm. you know, so. Uh, there's other scary things other than, you know, dealing drugs and getting killed and you know, being a gangster. There's a whole lot of other different scary things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do I do have a story. Um, so that's who I am now. Uh, a 40-year-old uh, dude that loves 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 to rap about his life. And, I, and, and I'm a storyteller. So I, I tell stories over tight beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's how your soul speaks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, okay. Okay. So, props to you for for uh, realizing part of like what was holding you back, and I'm sure that's probably still within the journey. But like, at least realizing because I feel like that's important to realize if if you're living your own story or if you're living somebody else's. Yeah. And sometimes you may not know that you are. That exactly. That's that's what I mean. Like props for you for understanding that because that is such a key thing. Yeah. And so I'm curious to know, like, so you you were raised um, in a more of a church environment type where it sounds like your, your family kind of like kind of maybe even frowned upon like the stuff maybe you're doing now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hello, yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're probably frowning now. <laughs> <laughs> so so did you as as a child or or, or as a kid? Because you started uh, you started with with instruments very young. What piano at what five? Five years old. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. So so then other instruments after that. Did you know at or or when did you realize that kind of like rap was in you? Okay. So. Um, when I was young, I wanted to be like my cousin, uh, Marshall Butler. He, he's an organist for a church, and um, I kind of wanted to be like him. Um, I would sit on the organ bench in church beside him and watch how he played. Um, but as far as a rapper, Myra, um, that happened in 2007. Um, I didn't even listen to rap a, a whole lot when I was in college or whatever. I did a little bit. I was mostly into gospel, Christian jazz, uh, classical, 
and uh, jazz and classical paid my way through college. I, I played that, you know, got scholarships and all that. Um, so uh, I did wanted to produce music, but I was still trying to find find my way. Mm. And I had a good friend uh, named Keith Cotton in, in Jackson, Mississippi. He came over and he, you know, showed me some some rappers in, in Memphis, um, uh, 3-6 Mafia people. Uh, those are like a, a rap group. Um, and he showed me Kanye West, um, Nas. Um, and I listened to Nas' um, album entitled Hip Hop Is Dead. And um, it was very different from his previous albums. He It was well produced. And I just love how those beats sound, his melodies and, and, and all of that. And I realized that Kanye West had a lot to do with that. And I became a Kanye West fan. Mm. Um, and, I, and that's when I wanted to produce tracks for rappers and so in jackson mississippi we had a number of record stores and cd stores back then people were still buying records and violence and cds and tapes you know we don't do it now but back then so these are these uh uh <laughs> circular things yeah. that just kind of go inside a device and then you hear music you don't touch buttons <laughs> right right Nothing, yeah, <laughs> nothing wireless. So, yeah. uh, so uh, we, so I, I would go um, through Jackson, Mississippi, to these record stores because usually people who are in music and they, as a career, they will work at these places. Mm. You know, so mm. I would go into these record stores and I would try to pitch my beats to rappers, and they would just, you know, pop my CD into the into the actual store player and play it over the, over the speakers. Mm. And they trashed my stuff so bad. They trashed my stuff so bad. You know, they hated it. Oh, man, this is crap. Man. This is whatever. These are my friends. And they were just, you know, no, 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 man, I can't do that. It's too nice. It got too many piano, you know, sounds in it, you know, all of this and all that. So I was finding my way. Um, so I just stopped. Mm-hmm. And um, I went back into what I was doing, um, you know. And then I, I said, you know what? Maybe I should make music for me, mm. you know, but that, that came a little bit later. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what would you, did, did their comments kind of in, in a way made you stop? Like, did that discourage you? Yes, it did. Yeah. Uh, because I couldn't hear what they were trying to tell me. Okay. You know, so if, if, if you tell somebody something about what they produced, whether it's music or a painting or whatever, or art, whatever, and you give them an, an opinion about it, and they don't see it, they don't, they don't, they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. It's hard for them to receive it in a positive manner, right? right. So because they're confused. Right, right, right. So I was very confused. I didn't understand why it did not sound correct. Right. You know, because sometimes you just want it to be right and not good. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they can be enjoyable and good, but it may not be right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I didn't understand what right sound like. Okay. Did they give you any like ideas of what you could do better or did they just like trash it? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, so there's no instructions. There's no, let me hold your hand. Let me spend some time with you. Yeah. Yeah. There's none of that. There's no in- investing in, in that. Okay. Uh, it was just, I, I don't like it. Come back, whatever. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh man. That's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I can, I can see how, how that can be discouraging. And so when did you go back to say, I'm going to do it again? 
or actually what led to that moment to say, I'm going to try it again? Well, uh, like what inspired it? My wife can tell you that um, I went back and forth. You know, I, I would buy a bunch of equipment uh, and I would, you know, try to get things done. I would go start again <clears throat> and it, it wouldn't work out. Um, you know, we have we have four children, you know, married. And so sometimes life can can make a decision for you, mm. even though you want to mm -hmm. go a certain path. So sometimes it wasn't a good a good time to start something new like that, mm -hmm. right? All right. So um, I went I went back and forth. Um, it wasn't until we moved to Dallas, Texas, is when I really gave it some serious thought again, um, because Dallas was really open to music, and I got connected with people here in Dallas and Deep Ellum. Um, in Louisville and Irving, Fort Worth. And so um, it kind of got me back going to want mm. wanted to be that that person, you know, again. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, and then, so what brought you to tech, to Dallas? Was it the, the people you knew or was it uh, any, or did it just like, like what was it about Dallas? Like what? Money. Money, Money. okay. Yeah. Uh, we were in our, you know, thirties, real young still, and I wanted to make more money. Mm. And, um, so I, I felt like Texas was a good place to make money. Okay. And, you know, so I didn't really have a plan or direction. I just knew that Jackson Mississippi was not for me to make a lot of money in. So, uh, we, we moved to, to Dallas, Texas. How did your family take that? Um, I didn't talk to them much about what I wanted to do. Okay. And I was kind of stubborn about, you know, telling my parents, um, about my decisions because I just felt like they thought that I didn't think a lot before I moved mm. and, and they were probably right, you know, because I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. Um, it was an impulse. I woke up and I said, well, you know what? I'm tired of, <laughs> tired of my city. I'm tired of living in cows. I'm tired of, you know, this country life. Um, I want to go to the city, you know, and my wife agreed, you know, my kids were happy. So we made a decision, got the U-Haul truck, packed everything and moved in about two days. Wow. <laughs> and it, we left everything. It was not a whole lot of plan, nothing, you know. I think that's one of the beauties. I think I was listening somewhere that like when, when you're young, it's like, and you have ideas, like you are, um, in a sense, um, I guess more of, of, of a fool, but being a fool is good in those senses because if you're not, yeah. then you won't take the chance. Right, right. And you have to really want it mm -hmm. because it, it looks kind of yeah weird when you make those kind of very, you know, quick decisions like that. So what did you know about Dallas? Like why, why was it? I have it? family here. Okay. So my, my mother's here. Okay. My grandmother, a bunch of aunties and uncles and cousins, um, you know, so that's, I have family here. So okay. It wasn't really, I'm going to like an unknown territory. Okay. I have family here. Okay. 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 So, um, I want to know Jesse a little bit more before we come to Dallas. And so you mentioned you didn't tell your, your parents a lot, like what you didn't like to tell them a lot, what you were doing. Uh, was there, is there like a particular reason? Like, is that just kind of you, you're more closed off or, um, is it more of the yeah. fact that you knew they maybe didn't understand you? Well, um, I know that, uh, well, first off, you know, being young and, you know, being kind of stubborn, I made a lot of foolish decisions in my life. As we all do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I would talk, you know, my, my dad's very, he's so serious. 
Byron. <laughs> He's so serious. You know, it doesn't matter what you give him. It's going to be a settled type discussion. Okay. <laughs> Something to be kind of like real, you know, you know, hot and exciting. It's going to be very laid back. Okay. Sit on the couch, just, you know, you want some tea, you know, coffee, whatever. You know, he's watching CNN or MSNBC, whatever. And we're, we're talking. So uh, I always wanted to make sure that he knew that he can be proud of me. Mm. Um, so that was a big a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. And so if, if I felt like if if I made a certain decision that he didn't like, I just assumed that he wouldn't like because of history, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell him. Mm. I wouldn't tell him. Mm-hmm. And my mother, um, she was more lenient. She was more supportive. You know, um, she didn't really say no a whole lot to me. If I asked her, you know, certain thing, I want something, whatever, she would just do it. And, and my dad would have to, I don't have to like give a speech or have to, to like, convince him, really explain why I needed it. Oh, okay. And, you know, and that's kind of hard to do because you don't really know sometimes why you want what you want. So, <laughs> so I had a hard time trying to communicate to him why I chose him to help me with something. <laughs> so if, if I couldn't put those words together, I wouldn't even call him. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Did you feel like, um, other than, than respect, did you feel some sort of like fear towards your father too? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't like when he gave me those eyes of disapproval, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we really don't talk a whole lot now. You know, we, we really never did, but we have much respect for each other. Uh, he would come down, visit me in Dallas now. Mm. Um, but, you know, I just want him to be proud of me. <clears throat> and I, I, I still do. It sounds like you look up to your father. Absolutely. Yeah. He's he's my angel. Oh, okay. He's my angel. Wow. And um, I, I wrote a song um, about um, a childhood trauma I went through and um, how my angel fell from the sky. And so we re- I replaced him with me. And so he was my angel because he disappointed me with something that he did. Mm. And I felt like I couldn't depend on him anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he's my angel. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So with like, when when you're thinking and when you're dreaming, is he there in your thoughts, you would say? No. 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 Um, not, not that type of connection. Okay. Um, it's, it's more of, um, I don't have a visual of him. Okay. Um, it's kind of scary. <laughs> you know, so th- th- there's no visual of him, but it's more like a a, a known thing in, in my life that, you know, I'm who I am today because my father is who he is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Who do you think your father wanted you to be? I don't know. Because honestly, and I know he's going to hate me for saying this, I don't think he really chase his his dreams all the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he based his life, his decision off of what he felt his teachings taught him mm-hmm. to do, mm-hmm. and which was from other people, his uncle, his dad, his mom, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I kind of see my dad doing a whole lot of other things. Um, so I don't think that um, he had an idea about what he wanted me to do because I don't think he followed everything he wanted to do. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that that is so crazy. Yes, yes, I I I I feel you completely. I mean, I think it's 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 something that a lot of people struggle, like even today. It's passed down. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's like you have to see it, right? Like you have yeah. to see it to learn. And then and then breaking it, I feel like that's another process, right? Breaking like kind of that chain, that link of whatever it is that's getting carried over. And so, and then, and, and then to start breaking through. Okay. So how was, what, where, where are you lined up in with your siblings? Are you like the oldest middle? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, so I'm the oldest. And then my, my sister's next. She's a year younger, younger than me. Okay. And then my youngest son, um, brother, he's six years younger than me. Okay. Yeah. So Jesse, Darkus and David. Okay. How's your relationship with your siblings growing up? Oh, it's, it's great. You know, uh, I'm not really the family kind of guy that, you know, calls you know, your sister, brother, your mother, your father, and you kind of get in touch with them on a weekly basis. I'm, I'm very bad with that. Mm-hmm. I'm very bad with that. Uh, I'm surrounded by family here in Texas, a bunch of family here. I don't call any of them. And so I got to do better with that. <laughs> I think we all do. I mean, it's something that's constantly in my mind that I like, that I know it's there, but I, even though I know it's there, I still like have to continuously like remind myself to. And I love them all. Yeah. Awesome, sweet people. I don't don't reach out enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so what about, um, like as, as how involved were your siblings in your life as you got older? Um, me and my brother David was was very close. We shared the same room. Okay. He was my bed. He was in the bottom. I was on the top. Uh, we played basketball together. We played music together. You know, we played CDs and vinyl records together. Uh, we were mischievous together and did things we should have done together. You know, talked about girls together. You know, watched dirty. I mean, uh, you know, magazines together. You know, as boys, mm-hmm. just just being boys. Right, you know? right. Um, but he's he's a real pretty cool dude. You know, okay. I still love him. You know, we're still close. We just don't talk as much. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, uh, at what age do you get married? I was twenty one. Okay. I was twenty one. Um, I was. How old were you when you when when you guys met? Me and my wife met. She was in junior high school. I was in high school. She she okay. was twelve, and um, I was thirteen, going on fourteen. Wow! And so we, that's so cool. We met very very young uh, in church. Uh, I saw her walk 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 in in the church with her family. I said, hmm. "She's pretty." <laughs> so, what was your next move? Um, I, didn't, I didn't really really have one back then. I was very very shy. Okay, I was very shy. Um, so I just heard, you know, through the grapevine that she was looking at me too. <laughs> you know, so she was she was talking to my sister um, after service. You know, okay, after, convenient. <laughs> and, uh, and so we, we we came home, and she was like, "Hey, Jesse, you know that that family that walked in church today. You know, their daughter, uh, Panika, thinks you're you're cute." So okay, so that's where where it all started. Nice. Okay. Okay. Wow. So what, uh, did you propose or, or how did you decide, um, or how did you both decide to get together? So this may not make sense to a lot of people, but, um, like I told you guys, we were very, we was raised in very strict religious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you know anything about people who are very religious, you know, they don't like all the dating things and, you know, you know, touching your girlfriend and, you know, oh, and, and, and all of okay. that, you know. Um, so we really didn't really date, have a real date because 
her brother had to come along. Mm. Okay. 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 And so I would tell people, honestly, our real first date was our honeymoon. Wow. Like, like you and her together without a brother. Yeah. And the, there were a few times where we were by ourselves, but not, not many. Okay. Um, it was very, very short, you know, time together by ourselves, but our honeymoon was really our first date. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. is. So, uh, I was... so I guess I don't know what it is really like to live in a very religious yeah. home. Yeah. Was she also in raised in a very religious oh, home? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. And, so you guys kind of understood like the positions you were in. Yeah. Yeah. And they mean well, you know, right. our, our, our parents right. loved us and they want to make sure that, you know, we don't make a mistake. Right. You know, um, our, sometimes people get too close and they may have a child too soon. Or, right. You know, some other things going on. So I understand that they, they, they meant well, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was a young kid that, that, that and was, you understood that as yeah. a young kid that they meant well. Yes. Yeah. Um, looking back, Looking back, I understood that they they meant well. Okay. Um, back then, they were my enemies. Okay. Back then, okay. So yeah. back then, you didn't really understand. How did you feel back then? I felt like I had parents that didn't want me to live my life like I wanted to live it. But um, like I said, looking back, mm-hmm. I, I I realized that they really had my best interest in heart mm-hmm. at heart. So uh, I um. Working at Kroger's, um, I was a cashier at Kroger's, and um, you asked me how I proposed to it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so I pick, picked up from for, for lunch one day, and I had a little Volvo, you know, a little car, and I we drove to my house, and I was in, really into classical music, so I got one one of the box pieces that I, I played in college, and I put a ring and. Uh, one of his pieces in, in, in the page. And I closed it and I went walked outside and gave her the Bach, you know, book of Bach, you know, pieces. And I said, open to the page, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And she opened it and she saw, she saw the ring, you know, <laughs> on, on that classical piece. That's how I proposed to her. That's so sweet. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Was she surprised? I think she was. Yeah. I think she was. Did she say right away? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't, Tell our parents okay. that we were getting married. Okay. They they found out by through other people. Oh, how did they how did they take that? <laughs> they didn't like it. <laughs> and there's a story behind that too, but I don't have time to explain it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> was, her, uh, was her brother there when you proposed? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I snuck snuck and got her. Oh. Picked up and got her. You know. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, so you guys were kind of like secretly engaged. Yes. Okay. For, yeah. Yeah. For a while, and then we we soon realized that we we couldn't keep it in. Right, because we couldn't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. All right. All right. So, <clears throat> how old were you when you moved to Texas? So you were twenty one when you get married. Right. Well. And how old are you when you moved to Texas? I think I was 34. Okay, so about 13. 2012. And what happened in between? So what happened during those? Ooh, a lot. Okay. Um, so I know, like, um, I was listening uh, to your song, which we'll probably get to, but 
or we will get to, but um, you mentioned you lost everything in one night. Yeah. So what was that about? Well, um, that actually happened more than one time. Oh. Right. Okay. Yeah. So um, in Mississippi, you know, I was a alarm technician. I, I, um, I would, would install alarm systems um, all across Mississippi. I had a little white work van, and that's and that work van is on my CD cover on Spotify. That's the actual van. That's the actual van I worked out of. Oh, okay. Right. So um, it was full of tools and alarm systems, Honeywell, and all that wires and everything. And I would spend tons of hours throughout the day installing. I would leave at like four o'clock in the morning. And I would get back like at 11 or 12 midnight. I would never see my kids. Okay. Mm. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, if I come home early enough to see them, uh-huh. they would greet me at the door like I'm some kind of superstar. Like I would walk in and all of them, you know, daddy, 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 just, just overshadow me. And I would be so tired sometimes I would crash at the front door and sleep there overnight. I Stop. I couldn't even move. Yeah. Yes, because sir. that's that's I mean that's hard labor. I mean you're you're oh, yeah. you're crawling into attics under houses, and in, in Mississippi, so you have a lot of trailer homes, and you know, so you're under houses fighting spiders and snakes and all all these things. I did that all day long, all day long. Do you have like one 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 particular like uh, installation that really uh, sticks with you, like that 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 was just crazy? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Do you mind sharing like one or a few? Um, it was it was a bad one. A bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, because um, this customer had tons of cats. <laughs> <laughs> she had. She had. I mean, she was a real cat lady. It was. It was it was cats everywhere and um, I didn't grow up with a pet by the way which is kind of strange you know these days I never had a dog never had a a, a cat Um, back then in the country you know we was really country people we had people who had pets they were in the backyard they weren't in the house okay yeah (laughs) Yeah. you know but I never had a pet so I really didn't really get used to walking in houses you know with pets until I started Installing alarm systems. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, so I had to teach myself, you know, it's it's, it's a common thing to teach us to have, to have animals in their house. <laughs> right. Right. I'm right. usual. It's common. Yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. Okay. It's okay. You know, um, but this particular house, it was cats everywhere and, um, what really made it bad is is that um, it wasn't it wasn't a clean house, you know. Um, the owner of the house didn't like she was clean. The, the cats didn't look like they were clean or groomed, and the house wasn't well kept up. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, she wanted to protect the house and buy an alarm. No. So she invested in, in, you know, right, right, alarm system. And yeah. she, I, I went on over there, uh, went in there, and I uh, was running wire, and I was really, I would have to fight cats all 
day long at that house, Myra. Um, they would follow me up in the attic. You, know? <laughs> you, had, you had buddies out there. Yeah. You yeah. had worker, uh, helpers. Yeah. And I asked one to help me run a wire, but the cat didn't want to help me run a wire. No, just watching. Just watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it, it was a very different experience different right right yeah Yeah, i can only i can only imagine and how how big how big was big was her space it was a two-bedroom house um one one bathroom very very small house Mm. uh right off the interstate in jackson mississippi okay Um, so very very cluttered you know a lot of things so you'd be there from the morning for that particular house i was there for at least four or five hours okay yeah well that's Good thing yeah. it wasn't all day. Yeah. So, so you, you would go from one job to the other. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I didn't turn a job down. Um, I was a contractor. Mm. My own business. Okay. Right? Okay. So I didn't work for the alarm company. I okay. was a contractor. I had my own license. So they would give me jobs for them. And so if they would fax me or email me a job, I would always take it. Okay. Hustler. Family. Always. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so what got you into alarm systems? Because you got to the point where you were running your own show. Yeah, um, so I used to um, work for a cable company, and I met someone on the street, you know, another young kid that had his own truck, and we talked um, about how much money you can make being a contractor for an alarm company, and they kind of had me, you know, thinking about doing that. Um, so for a while, I, I did it with a, a little car. Okay. And then I, I saved money up, and I bought me a van, a truck, and all that. My my dad uh, bought my first truck mm. for me. Um, it's a Ford Ranger. You know, they don't make those no more. But it was a Ford Ranger, and you know, so he, he's he's always been a part of my life. You know, whether I'm doing you know doing whatever. Okay. Um, and even even now, even though he doesn't really agree that it's best for me to be a rapper, and you know, he he would still make sure I'm okay. We, I, I would check up on him. He would call me. You know, he's also has invested in my studio, mm. wrote checks for my studio to help me buy equipment, you know, so, uh, but yeah, so he was there. He, he's always in your corner yeah. somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so truck and van and all that, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was costly, but it, I, I made a lot of money. Nice. But um, I wasn't really business minded enough to do my taxes well and all that, you know, it was very costly because you have your own business. It's a lot involved with that. Okay. You know, yeah. you know, so you have to kind of like support your own endeavors. Right. You know, you're not working for a company. And so you they don't give you tools. You have to buy your own tools and all that. So mm-hmm. very costly. Okay. Okay. So um, I don't know how, how we got there. Oh, yeah, because I asked you for a story. Um, we we're talking about the one of the first times or one of the times that you lost everything overnight. Let me let me pick one of those times for you. Um, wow, you have some to pick from. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. And this is all during that time frame, like that 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 you're over there, or it happened over here too in Dallas. It happened here in Texas too. Too. Okay. Yeah. Did it happen over there as well? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Um. So, let me just say that. Um, We've moved about nine times, and for some people, that's a, that's it's a lot. Right. All right. So my kids have have moved with their parents about eight eight or nine times, and um, a lot of those 
wasn't because we wanted to move. It was because we had to move. Okay. Okay. And so it was, it was very tight and um, had a very supportive wife. You know, you know, she tried to work, but man, daycare was so expensive. It was even back then it was very expensive. What was it back then that about what you remember? Well, if 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 we had if we had one, one child, it, it may not have been so so bad. But we have we had four. That's right. You know, so and they don't give discounts when you no family discount. No. Oh gosh. No, no, no discount when you enjoy your wife. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so we we have four. So she would she would stay home. And, and raise the kids, you know, right. take care of them, cook, you know, and support me with what I'm doing. Okay. You know, so that, that, that lasted for many years. And, but, uh, I don't know about you guys, but you know, these days it, it takes two. I always did. I think it always has. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was, it was you know, pretty tight. And so some of the situations where we had to move it, you know, we would lose everything, you know, uh, not because we didn't know what we were doing. Per se, it was just I didn't make enough money. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. so we would just start over, move, and a good thing about living in Mississippi, you know, those are some very good-hearted people, people who own properties and, and land and, and houses. So they see like a young family who wants to start over, mm-hmm. and they would let us go in and rent, you know, and, and do things like that. And my dad owned properties; he helped us out this property. We moved in, you know. So yeah, so that's kind of how those things happen you know okay i started back over okay yeah. okay wow well that's that's really crazy so how did you manage to get up every time like the thought process like what did you tell yourself or maybe you told your wife or like <laughs> what was that conversation like exactly how to answer that question okay yeah it's right it's, it's always it's, it's right here oh okay all right so uh i will always tell my wife and my kids, that we can always continue if we will just keep working. You know, um, if you keep working, just keep clocking in your job. I'm literally getting the chills right now. You know, just keep, it does not matter where you begin or what you lose. Just keep working. Mm. And so, and, and I have a statement. I said, if we keep working, we can continue. We can continue. Wow. I mean, that sounds like a closer, but we're nowhere near closing. (laughs) And and my kids and my wife, my mother, my father will tell you that I will always work every single day. Like I had the best job, even though I lost everything. We lost the house, we lost the car, couldn't pay the bills. And I would still clock in. I was faithful to my supervisor, my manager. I never got fired for doing things I shouldn't be doing. You know, I just kept on working my life. And so that allowed me to continue. Okay. Okay. So when you would go back in to work and, and like, nobody had a clue what was going on. Mm. And you still did, like, your job to the best of your ability. Yeah. And get promotions and, and, and move up. So yes. how did you manage to leave your personal problems at the door? I just wasn't the, the type of person that would, I'm not really emotional. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, that that, would, that sometimes cause problems in the marriage mm-hmm. because she don't see 
me, you know, kind of expressing things. Mm. But I'm not, I'm not emotional. Okay. You know, um, so if, if I ever become emotion, I'm emotional or cry, something bad really happened. <laughs> <laughs> something bad really yeah. happened. You know, um, so I don't like to really get caught up in things that, um, that happened in my life because it doesn't, it just never helped. And I, I, and I kind of got that early in life. Okay. It does not help. <laughs> did you hear it somewhere or did you just kind of like just from watching interactions or did somebody you know, tell you something that. I think I got that from my dad. Oh, okay. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Cause he's also the kind of guy that works. Um, doesn't matter what goes on. He's going to work and get things done. Even though things may not be where he want, want it to be, mm. it's important. Would you say it's also something that was probably um, just kind of part of the lifestyle from growing up in a church type environment? Would you would you say that? Yeah. Um, so my my faith and and, and the things I were taught, you oh, know, yeah, church definitely is, is part of my foundation with that. Um, but my my dad is very different. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even when we would network with other churches, and um, how he pastored his flock was different from how other preachers pastored their flock, and you know, so it was, it was really on him. Even in in the church scene, he's very very different. Mm-hmm. He's committed. He's loyal to his calling, you know, and and to just continue doing what you think needs to be done, um, even outside of church. Which is why I didn't bring up church because even outside of church. He's like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it's just him. Okay. Period. Okay. You know, uh, he was he was young, wanted to finish college. Um, he did, but he wanted to be a doctor mm. in theology. Okay. And this guy would fly from Jackson to Atlanta to Morehouse College every weekend to because he wanted to graduate from the same college that Dr. King did. Oh, okay. All right. So he would he would do that until he Got his accord degree. This guy was hungry, man, for, for, so even though I said earlier that he may not be doing what he wants to do, but I think his calling is in ministry. Mm. He, he, he didn't, he didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I think he was just called to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Right. So he was driven. He was hungry. He just continued. Oh, wow. You know? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting in itself. Okay. So. So, so you move, finally, you, you move to Dallas, you decide to move in Dallas and you make the move in two days. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so like, what was the conversation like with your kids? Like, how did you break the news that you guys were leaving home? They thought it was like a vacation. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they, they packed up, you know, they got in the car, you know. They thought it was a vacation. Yeah, and man, that that trip that night was very interesting because okay. it, because it rained, <clears throat> and we had a trailer um, behind our Subaru car, and we had my work van, and um, we had everything packed up, and it rained, and a lot of our stuff got wet, you know, and the rain wasn't part of the forecast, oh. you know, but I I still didn't plan, so it didn't matter. Okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. But yeah, so it was pretty interesting. And okay, and and what else made it interesting that night? Well, so we left um, Jackson. Jackson to Dallas is about six hour drive, which is not not that much. But when you're moving everything, it is. 
Well, where are you? Where are you guys coming? Oh, sorry. Continue. Yeah. Yep. So we we left around about um, seven that night, um, maybe nine o'clock that night, and we 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 arrived there five o'clock in the morning that next day because it took it took a while to get okay. there. The kids use restroom every hour. We stop, <laughs> you know, at the truck stops, whatever. We got there. Um, I was already hired at an alarm company mm. before I got there. Okay. I drove to Dallas in a work truck um, two weeks before we moved, right? Mm-hmm. So it took us two days to move, but I already got hired. Okay. All right? Because we had wanted to move anyway, and we said, no, we're not going to do it. And then I said, you know, so I said, well, let's go ahead and make it done, make, make it happen. All right? So we, we moved, and we got there at 5 o'clock, and I went straight to work at 8 after driving all day. No sleep. All night. No No sleep. No sleep. So we'll carry you over just the the the, the adrenaline <laughs> um i just didn't want to lose my job yeah yeah i, just, I hate calling if i said i'm going to be there okay i hate calling and making a, a, a different move yeah so i told him i'd be there that following morning and I, I was there where where did your family stay we were in a in a, a family house okay ready. okay you did ha- you do have family that's right yeah. that's right okay yeah. okay <sighs> So how how quickly uh, do you where where do you guys go next after after being with family? Well, we wanted to you know kind of do our own thing. Mm-hmm. It kind of took us a while to really get up on our feet in Dallas. Um, it was a very, did you have do you guys came, come down here with any savings? Not not much. Not much. Okay. No, uh, it's one of those starting back over. Kind okay. Of, kind okay. Of did oh you, so and you were self employed at the time, so you kind of left. What your gigs, yeah. and then just got hired over I here. Got hired okay, your company, um, making fourteen dollars an hour, and that's that's low for a family of six. You know, at the time my wife wasn't working, and so I don't know how we survived for six months like that. But yeah, and this is in two thousand and twelve. Twelve. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's not even that long ago. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like eleven years ago. So it's yeah, definitely not enough for a family of oh, no. was it six? Six. Right. Yeah. Right. So okay. I, I don't I don't know how we got by, honestly. How did you get by? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like how 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 was so you said about six months. How how were your days, or even like your relationship with your wife? How was your relationship with your with your wife at the well, time? Things things were kind of tight and kind of you know it wasn't tense. But if if you can't really take care of of your of your needs like like you really want to, you know, it's kind of hard to really enjoy life, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what we had going on. Okay, you know, and but. I did have a little side hustle. Um, I would play for churches. Uh, pastors would, you know, know that I, I played play the organ and keyboard. So they would, you know, contact me. I would play for services. Um, I played for my cousin's church for a while um, during that time, and they would, you know, kind of like give me an offering for that, you know, every every week. Okay. So that that really helped out. Okay. I, I did that like all my life, basically. Okay. Play for churches, you know, a little side hustle like that. How did you enjoy that? I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. um, but you know you don't really have a, a lot. You know you lose your weekends mm-hmm. dealing with churches like that. Okay. So I work all through the week, Monday through Friday, and Saturday, 
And then Sunday, my, my time is, is given to churches, helping them with their ministry. Okay. You know, so even though it helped pay the bills, you know, you don't have a lot of time to do what you want to do. Okay. Did you have any, like, strategic, any, any way of, like, how you wanted to, to, like, spend your time? I mean, obviously, at the time, you were just kind of trying, you are hustling. But was there any, any, any thought put into, like, how you were going to spend your time specifically to kind of get through whatever face you were getting to? Or were you just kind of going by... I was going, Feel. going with the flow. Okay. You know, um, I didn't really have a lot of plans back then. Okay. Um, it's, it's only up until, um, I would say, in 2020. Okay. When I realized it's, it's, it's time for me to start mapping out my, my goals. Mapping it out. Yeah. And uh, that's a part of my, my, one of my raps, you know, that I talk about, you know, um, I have a goal in mind. And, you know, I see a map. Okay. You know. Yeah. But, yeah, so... Um, I didn't have that skill set back then. Okay. You know, so that's which I did, but I didn't have it. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, and then your your kids, how are your kids handling moving? You know, or are they just like rock stars? I was like, yeah, let's go on another vacation, Dad. <laughs> I would, I would always tell you know my my coworkers that we talk about family, you know, raising kids and all that. My family, whatever, my cousins, whoever want to talk about children. Um. We were blessed with four beautiful, well-mannered kids, you know, and I don't think that we did everything right. So I can't, we can't take all the, all the credit for it. Um, but, but my, all four of our children is just sweethearts. So we have two, two girls and two boys mm -hmm. and it didn't matter what we went through as, as a family. They were always smiling. Uh, they didn't complain about anything. Um, they didn't. They wasn't picky about nothing. If if our Christmas was kind of light, they didn't complain. You know, all they wanted to do was be in the house with us. Really? Yeah. That's that's all they they wanted. And if they wasn't a part of us, mm -hmm. then that's when they would get kind of sad. Oh, really? Yeah, because you know sometimes we have we have marital problems before and separation. And that's when they would start verbalizing what they don't like. Um, but, okay. But other than that, we we have four sweethearts. What are what's like how how far apart? What's their ages? How far um, I'm just gonna ask the question. Um, <laughs> so my my oldest daughter, she's twenty twenty. Three. Twenty-three. Okay. Okay. Um, and then my next. Or what's the youngest? How old is your youngest? youngest? Nineteen. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there are stair steppers, basically. Okay. So how? How? Okay. The, well, that's actually kind of like what we're planning on doing, kind of having them. Yeah. Close to to each other. How, what do you like? How was? How do you recommend that strategy? Of just kind of like, you know. Well, um, sometimes if you have them far apart, then your first child can be a babysitter for your next child. Mm. So that that, that kind of worked out from some of my friends I've talked to. Okay. They, they had to space out a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And their first child was, was you know, they kind of became the babysitter. Okay. But um, it kind of all depends on what, what you want. Right, right. How was your experience having them back to back? Oh, it was... Um, it costs a lot of money. Mm. 
Okay. But it was very exciting um, seeing my, my wife glow, you know, carrying a child, you know, those, at, at, seeing her like that was just, just beautiful. You Would know? you say you fell in love more after, oh, with yeah, your wife after having children? Yeah. To, to see your spouse, you know, kind of produce something that you both did together. Oh yeah. That's, 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 that's wonderful. And you knew, did, or did you know, she was like, uh, before you even got married that, did you ever like think about it this way? Like, like I want her to be the future mother of my kids. Did you see it that way back then? Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we talked about it in school. Okay. We, we had our, our little life planned out. That's the only time I planned. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> because that, that was her making sure that I had a plan. Okay. You know, she, she was, she was a little girl. Now she would write down what she want. We would call each other late at night and talk about, you know, our marriage and the house we wanted and how many kids. And she said, she said this in high school at ninth grade that she wanted four kids, two girls and two boys. Okay. Okay. And so that's, that's what we have. Okay. She wanted a white house with a red door. We bought a white house with a red, with a, with a red door and in, in, in year 2000, this first house I ever bought okay. a white house with a red door. Wow. You know, you okay. Know, so, she planned a lot of that. A lot of that came out to actually happen. Wow. Okay. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Okay. Wow. That's, that's so good. I'm really actually amazed on like your children. And I think, I mean, sure. Like I, I'm sure it's a lot of just who they are, but I wonder, especially you guys live or being raised both of you as parents in a strict household. Mm -hmm. How did you envision yourself as being a parent? Like, did you have an idea how you wanted to be like different and maybe like your own vision compared to what you experienced? Yeah. Like, did you have like, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know how much you want me to go down that road, but uh, that's when things get kind of scary when it comes to my, my childhood. Um, okay, we can go as deep as you, you yeah. want to go, as much as you want to share. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I was young, living with my parents, you know, um, things wasn't always peaches and creams. You know, they they didn't get along a whole lot. Okay. Um, and and they would fight, argue, and, and a lot of times it would get very violent. Um, some of you know, mama grabbing knives, and you know, my, my dad running out, and I would um, hear door banging and, you know, been holes been put in the walls and the doors and all that. And so all that, all that chaos really traumatized me, mm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, hearing these, these names being called out, uh, you know, and, and yelling and screaming and fighting, you know, and here I am a little boy in bed trying to go to sleep and, you know, all this, you know, and these are people that who I admire and love mm. just passionate about, mm -hmm. you know, so it, it didn't really, I didn't feel safe a lot. Okay. In the house, and I, I think that's one of the reasons why um, they decided to go ahead and call it quits, because they they just felt like that their kids needed a better environment. Okay, so I really appreciate my mother and father for saying, you know what, we just don't need to be together. It's not working out. Okay, let's give our kids some some peace. Okay, so okay, how old were you? Um, I was thirteen. I believe when my dad really said, you know what, well, this is the last time because he tried to leave many other times. Okay. Um, and 
he he came back because he, he you know he loved his wife he loved, you know he wanted his family um but um that last time was i think i was 13 okay he, he left and didn't come back okay and that's what i mean when i said um my angel fell mm, okay and i lost my angel because i wanted him to be be there okay with us and um you know, losing your your father like that, even though I didn't I didn't really lose him because he still took care of us. Okay. Um, but not to to be around him in your house, it's like your covering's gone, like your angel, your protection's gone, mm. and it was a real big deal for me. And I kind of think, um, out of all three of us, I kind of I, I think I was the one that took it took it the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why do Why do you think? Did you feel like some sort of responsibility for being the oldest or was it more? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, I also felt guilty. Guilty. Okay. Yeah. Because that, that, that last straw that broke the camel's hunt was, was started with a conversation I had with my mother and my father that morning. Mm. And that led to them arguing mm. and he left. Mm. And I, I always told myself, if I would have never asked that question, my dad probably would still be here. What question was that? You don't have to share. <laughs> you don't have to share. You know what? I would share it, but I don't want to because it's it's so minute. Okay. It's such a small thing that calls a okay. huge deal. Okay. Later on. Okay. So I am embarrassed to tell you what caused that argument. Okay. Okay, so but in in this this made you feel guilt. Yeah. And how, do you still feel that guilt? No. Okay. No. Wh- when when was that guilt released? It was released when I started having problems myself with with, with my marriage. I realized that it takes work, it takes being, being committed to your spouse. Um, being a child, you don't really know all the energy and effort it takes to remain married. Um, so as I gotten married and I learned my own life experiences, I, I realized I can't be guilty for that. Okay. You know, so. Wow. That's your own experience made you realize that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that is okay. So you're, you're the oldest, you're about 13. You're, you I'm assuming you guys kind of just stay living in the same house. Your father just leaves, or did you guys also right. relocate? So he, he he left and he got his own place, and um, it was a huge court battle with who's going to get custody. Mm. And um, we were planning on um, speaking against, um, not really against, but saying some things that would probably put my daddy in a good favor to get custody. And we got, you know, coached on what to say and all that with the lawyers and all that. And then when that time came, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't. Did you, why, why do you think? Because I, I felt like um, all of us was ganging up on my, on my mother, mm. you know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, you felt like that wasn't the right thing to do. Well, I couldn't really explain why. Okay. Like, like that, looking back. You know, okay. yes, but mm-hmm. back then I just, I just felt like, you know, there's nobody on her side, you know, so I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't speak. Okay. Who were you living with at that moment? My, my mother. Okay. Yeah. So my uh, sister and brother, they, they moved in eventually with my dad and I, I saved my mom. Okay. I, I didn't, I didn't move out. Okay. 
did you feel any sort of responsibility to kind of like not leave her? Mm-hmm. You felt like everybody else was kind of like against her, so you're. Well, well, no, I didn't. I didn't think that they were against her. It, it, it was just that I didn't feel like that I needed to move out. Okay. Because I was old enough to just accept what happened. Okay. Right. So it okay. wasn't about. That's strong. Them ganging up and. You know, yeah. Okay. You know, um, and at, at some point they probably needed to because where he stayed at had better schools and all that. Uh, but I just felt like you know I was old enough to just just deal with what happened okay okay that that takes i feel like that takes a lot of guts and then especially like as a 13 year old and you know just kind of dealing with whatever it is that you're presented without any sort of training (laughs) we we, we did have some some we, we would see him every other weekend okay and i really really enjoyed that okay yeah because he would get videos and he buy me instruments and all that. Okay. My sister and brother, we had a good times. He would always take us out for pizza on Friday nights, you know. But, you know, sometimes when, when your parents have a divorce like that uh, and you spend time with your parents, you know, separately, they kind of become like a, a uncle and auntie kind of thing <laughs> because they they okay. really want to make sure that the kids are happy. Okay. And usually when, when your house is together, you don't get all those kind of gifts. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. So, so when when it's time for my, me to see my dad on certain weekends, it was almost like he was like a real cool uncle sometimes. Okay. See, we would get pizza and other things that we usually didn't get when he was in the house. Right. Okay. Did you see him making an effort to be? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. He okay. wanted he wanted to make sure that we we were happy and that we didn't deal with anything that 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 caused you know when when he left. Yeah. And your siblings are staying with your father, you're staying with your mother. How is dealing with the even just separate, not living with your siblings? Because you guys shared a, be- a bunk bed, you mentioned, right? Yeah, but I was I was really independent. Okay. Oh, excuse me, at a very early age, I just didn't have to have all those connections, you know? Okay. And you're 13, is that around the time right now, that... Speaking, well, 13, we had this... They were all, we were all staying with my mom. Okay. So when we got older uh, and my dad bought a house, that's when they moved out okay. and stayed with him in his okay. house. And I was, at the time I was 18. Okay. So I I was too old to pack up okay. with my dad. I felt like I was. I see. Yeah. It, it wasn't necessary. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you were busy planning with your wife. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Had a okay. job, had a car. You know, so so your wife, girlfriend at the time, you're 13 when your father walks away. Uh, well, not walks away. He he leaves the house and, um, but like, you're 13 or 14 when you met your now wife, right? So was she throughout oh, that, that process when I met her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was helpful. That must have been helpful for you. Maybe too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think I don't think too much. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's definitely not an easy position to be in, you know, as a teenager when you're yeah. you're growing, like you're changing, you're kind of in a way, I guess, kind of seeing what's outside of the four walls in your house. Yeah, but right. You know, I, I kind of say too much because me and her both um, was dealing with some things in the family. Okay. And um, 
for me, I really lean and depend on our relationship. Okay. And, you know, sometimes when you're dealing with trauma like that and you lean on something like that, it, it can be over, you can overdo it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, okay. Uh, but, but yeah, she was really a big part of me um, kind of, you know, saying life ain't, ain't so bad because I have a, a, a great girlfriend. She's understanding, you know, but um, it kind of stopped right there for, for, for a while. Okay. 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 Wow. Okay. Yeah. We went, we went back uh, a little bit. That's, that was awesome. Okay. So you guys moved back to Dallas and, um, you're working for this alarm company Yeah. and you're working on getting your feet back up here in DFW. And so that was 2012. Okay. And from 2012 to 2020, um, we had marriage problems. You know, we, we separated, I think, three times during that course. Okay. Okay. So when, when you're dealing with that, it, it's hard to reset and get back, get, you know, build back up. What's you, the hardest part of it, do you think? Because um, it's really hard, right? What do you think it's like the hardest part of it? Well, I don't think it's really difficult if you really know exactly what you want and to commit to your decision. And and, and I don't think neither of us was 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 doing that. Okay. You know, um, because we were looking out for each other. But at some point, you being adults, you have to make a decision. What do you want? You want to stay in? You want to stay out? You want to stay in Dallas, move back to Mississippi? And so those tough decisions wasn't happening. Okay. Okay. So we kept um, not wanting to make those decisions. Okay. Did you know they had to be made, but maybe we're avoiding them? (sighs) Honestly. Like deep down, you know? Honestly, um, for me, they, they, they weren't made because I felt like, I was the cause of a lot of things that was happening. Okay. So when 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 you're feeling guilt like that, um, you, you tend to want to sometimes not consider yourself, right? Mm. Because you you feel you're feeling guilty, so you want you want to prove yourself. You want to make sure that you don't look bad in somebody's eyesight, you know, your wife, your kids, you know. So I would not think of what I wanted to do or wanted to be or wanted one out of my life. I would mm. just try to correct some things that I thought I did. You were trying to correct. Okay. And you think, do you think you trying to go back and correct was taking away from planning towards just making a better future? Absolutely. Because you're, you're trying to correct something that happened in the past that doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. So, so ultimately you have to, just kind of let the past be the past. Um, but I was still trying to correct and try to mend something that was actually broke. Um, my, my uncle told me one time he, he's in Texas. Uh, name is Joseph. He, he, he told me, Jesse, sometimes you have to be okay with not winning, you know, mm. you didn't win. So just be okay being a loser. Mm. So you can win the next one. Mm. But if, if you don't 
understand that you lost this one, then you will never move forward. You know, so. Um, when did he say that? When did you hear that? I heard that in, 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 in 2012. Okay. Um, you know, you know, so I didn't, I didn't like it then, but he, what, what he was saying was true, you know, and that, that goes with a lot of things I dealt with in my life. Mm. Uh, sometimes when you make a mistake or something happens out of your control, um, that caused you to lose something you, you lost. Right. You know, so if you don't want to deal with that, yeah, fine. But you have to understand that you lost, you know, so go ahead and work, just write it off and start back over. Mm. And I, I had the hardest time doing that. Really? Why do you think? Proud and stubborn, you know, mm. just not wanting to admit that it happened to me. Admit. Yeah. Yeah. Take yeah. responsibility, maybe even yeah. some of that. Sometimes, yeah. That's, that's incredible. And I think that is so key with right now because it's like, it's like we, we said earlier, it's like breaking that like link or chain and realizing mm -hmm. so that way you break it and then you move on. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So letting things go. Did all your, uh, the, the, the times that you separated with your wife, were they here in Texas, in Dallas, or was it, did some happen back home too? Yeah, so um, a few times it happened in Mississippi, um, and then um, some more times here in Dallas. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, so it wasn't like uh, after the move, and no. then, okay, okay, so... Okay. Wow. So if you could uh, tell yourself some, if you could tell like 21 year old Jesse, like one thing, like one tip Jesse today to Jesse back then, what would you tell yourself? Like, um, <clears throat> okay. So the guy that, that didn't plan, didn't have a strategy. That wasn't me before. Okay. So when I was younger and you know, had a girlfriend and all that, I was in college. I did have a strategy and a plan. Okay. Okay. And um, I told my mother and father that I wanted to go to school at MSU, you know, to become an engineer. Okay. All right. So that was, you know, a few hours away from Jackson. Um, so that means I have to, you know, be on campus, move away. <clears throat> and at the time, my, my dad thought that it was best for me to go to school in Jackson so that I can continue to work in the church. Okay. So um, I also wanted to be in the Air Force. Okay. So my, my, my father said, go to school in Jackson. And my mother said, don't join military at, at all. Don't be... Air Force, Navy, nothing. Um, so I said yes to both of them about what I wanted to do. And so I stayed in Jackson. Um, I would I would tell that Jesse to go ahead and go to MSU and become an, an, an engineer. Mm. Uh, even though you're away from your girlfriend, you know, you're, you're away from you know, your church, you know, your family. That's what you wanted to do. You always wanted to, you know, break circuits and build circuits and, you know, do all of that. Go learn how to do that. Mm. 
you know, you wanted to be a pilot, wanted to fly airplanes, go go do that. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's with our country, you know, you know, you're doing a good thing for that. Go go do that. Yes, you're leaving your family, you're leaving leaving Panika, you're leaving all of this. Go do it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but back then, other people's opinions really mattered to me. Yeah. So now we're in we're we're in Dallas, and you guys are 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 going through all these hardships. It sounds like in 2020, you're kind of, you managed kind of a little bit to kind of break through. 2020 sounds important. Tell me why. Yeah, but we, we, we both broke through, but it was, it didn't happen the way we wanted to. Okay. All right. So in, in, in 2020, it was another separation. Okay. And um, this time it was official. Uh, papers were, were, were signed and went to court. You got a divorce, uh, uh, a divorce, and she moved back to Mississippi. Um, took all four of our kids with her, you know, and then I realized that my sons should be with me, so I went went back and got my sons, my two boys. In 2020, <clears throat> I got a new apartment, you know, and everything, and me and her both reset, really reset. Oh, okay, we like both, really, really. Me and her both really reset, made a decision to. Go, just go and, and, and do things without us even trying anymore, basically. Okay. 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 Um, and so we began to date other people and, uh, you know, just started a whole new life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I found myself, really. Um, I, I began to write rap songs and really wanted to become a rapper. Um, I was producing music. Um, spent a lot of time in the studio, bought more equipment, and I, as I was writing, I saw my story. You know, I saw the beginning, how I got to where I am today. And I said, "Wow, man, I, I want to share my story." So I, I just began to write, and, and and back then in 2020, I wasn't good at it, you know, but I just had this hunger to just write my story. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so. And as I was writing my story, I also realized I like alcohol. I like bourbon. I like whiskey. And I didn't have that in my life before. Okay. Okay. And, and <laughs> I tell my wife, I think I came like a like an alcoholic, honestly. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Because I would open up my, my closet and nothing mattered to me in my closet but my Jack Daniels. You know, and I, I would just buy a bunch of liquor and I couldn't wait to get off work because I had my me time. Mm-hmm. I would go get my little whiskey. I'm, I'm very into whiskey glasses. I would polish whiskey glasses <laughs> and it's a certain kind I like. I don't just use any kind of glass. You have to have a certain weight to it. Okay. You know, a certain kind of whiskey. And I really got into that. Okay. And I would drink every single day. And this is what you were... Single, take yes, I'm yes. single. Okay, we're divorced, and I would write songs, write raps, okay, make beats, and I would drink. What is what is your environment look like as you're writing? All right, so I did try to get inspiration from um, listening to other artists, okay, but that really never worked out when it comes to me wanting to write. Now I would get inspired by other artists when it comes to making music and beats. Okay. And the melodies and all that, but when when it comes to writing, um, 
my story is is so unique and and different that um, I would just think about my life mm-hmm. and I would just write, you know. So um, I would sit and think about my childhood, think about high school, think about college, think about my first job, mm-hmm. first date, um, the first time I had sex, um, mm-hmm. I kissed some, you know, my, you know, a girl, or the first time I felt heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my first um, job I really liked. Um, things like that really would inspire me to write, and so I would just write about my life. I, I don't, I don't see how anybody else can do anything, anything else. When you're an artist, mm-hmm. it's, it's really you, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I can't listen to other people's stories to write about my story. Right. So, so I, I would shut, shut off Spotify so I can write about me. Okay. 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 So, and uh, do you, are the lights off? Oh yeah. The lights, lights off. off. Uh, I would maybe listen. Where do you to, sit? I would I would be in my studio. Okay. All right. In in that in that chair, and I would maybe listen to a, some kind of old record, jazz, classical, things that don't have words. All okay. Right? All right, and I would let's listen to that. And when I'm really feeling my liquor, really feeling whiskey. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me want to create. Okay. You know, so now I'm able to, to control that. Okay. And so I kind of know where I need to be when it comes to me sipping. And I said, okay, yeah, I'm in, I'm in a good place, good, good, good place. Get my pen out or I get go to my MacBook type and it just flows. Okay. You know, it just flows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, what's your preference, writing or typing? Typing. Typing. Yes. Yeah. I don't force it either. You know, I just, I write a whole bunch of words down mm-hmm. then I go back later to organize it. Okay. About how many drafts do you think you do? Um, redoing never stops. I always want to take down my, my, my song on Spotify and redo that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it, I don't, I don't think it, it never ends. I okay. think you always want to just add more things to it. Okay. Okay. Did you, did you, where, where did you learn how to write like songs? Did I just come from like the heart? Um, or did you learn something somewhere that helped you? Um, I would write music. Um, I started writing previously. Okay. When I would try to do music before in Mississippi, uh, and at the time it was gospel or Christian music. Okay. And so that's really where I, I learned how to write. Okay. And so, but now that my story has changed, mm-hmm. I still have this skill. Mm-hmm. I just do it for a different reason now. Okay. Okay. And, okay. And a different thing. And do you have like a, like a, a, a time set or cause you said, you know, you don't force it. So do you sit there and just kind of like get your stuff, you know what to do to kind of get yourself going to get in the mindset or, are you like, I'm feeling it right now. Like I'm going to go right. Yeah. So that's my direction. Um, I don't have a game plan where I got to write a song or have an album release or a single release at a certain time. I rather for that idea to come to me and for me to chase it. So I just put myself in the right environment so that thought can come to me. Okay. So I kind of, I kind of court it like that. Okay. So I kind of get in the right environment and kind of, pres- you know, have myself in place where that thought or that idea would find me. Okay. And then I would, I would grab it that way and then take it further. Okay. 
Okay, I see. Wow, very, yeah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And that just gets the juices going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is this is a time where you get really serious and you're single? Yes. Okay. And yes. And so, I mean, obviously, you're with your wife now. Mm-hmm. And what, like, at what point? What, what, what kind of drew to you guys connecting? And talking about you both again, other than just yeah. we have kids. Yeah, I, I, I can tell you that. Okay. Um, so in 2021, um, being single and, and, and divorced. Um, now, keep in mind, I haven't dated anybody since I dated my wife when we were in in, the, in high school. So I don't That's know. Right. I don't know how to date. Okay. Okay. And I realized you have to know how to date. Dating has rules and different things, and it's a jungle out there, man. It's it's ridiculous mm. how people give pointers and tips on what to do, what not to do, what this means, what that means, how to text, how to you know do all of that. So it was a nightmare. So, but I, I did try it. Okay. So um, I, I dated. Uh, okay. So actually, before you go into yeah. how you went back with her, I, I want to hear like that story. Like, so you tried dating. So it sounds like it was kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be- because it was like a competition. It's just like you want to date somebody, but both of you all are trying to compete with <laughs> with something and I don't know what it is because if you both like each other why is all this competing going on? <laughs> right so, but I, I didn't I didn't understand it because I'm a I'm like a southern boy I'm a, I'm a country boy southern you know I'm laid back a gentleman I mean look yeah. e- e- regardless like you haven't dated in yeah. since you were like 13 14 yeah yeah okay so I do when I and hear that okay and it's not really dating right because we, we didn't really date then either Oh, right. True. You know, so True. I did not know how to date, you know, so I don't, I don't know what a date is. Okay. All right. So, uh, I, I, I tried it out, you know, and how, how, how did you start? Like, you're like, okay, I'm sitting here, I'm single, I'm going to give it a shot. What's the next step? What it, did you do next? It depends on who you, who you're dating. You like, what did you do next? Like when you're like, I'm going to. Okay, I'm single. This is serious. Yeah. Papers are signed. <laughs> you know, screw it. I'm gonna give it a shot with like, see what's out there. What do you do? <laughs> what's the next box to do? Like right. to get so there. It happened twice in 2021. I, I tried to date twice. Okay. Right. So the first time I, I tried dating, um, the young lady, you know, made a pass at me first. She 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 gave me her number. Okay. And um you know, I got her number, I called, and we went on some dates. Okay. Um, you know, and it didn't it didn't last long at all, you know, uh, because things happened with her life and, and her she had a child. Okay. Um, and so we, when all that happened, I realized that I didn't want to date anybody with children. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um so that 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 didn't work out. Hmm. And so the next time I dated, it was I actually handpicked somebody out. Okay. Um, and I reached out and said, hey, let's go get some coffee, whatever, and chill and talk, whatever. And she agreed. You know, we, we went and um, went on a date. And um, 
while we, me and her was dating, which was very, very slow mm-hmm. uh, because she experienced a very traumatic experience with her previous boyfriend. Okay. So, um, so that, that, that dating went, happened very slow, very slow pace, you know, and all while we were doing slow already, mm-hmm. her mother passed. Okay. Okay. So, um, so we, I, I was there for her for that, went to the services, I supported her and all that. Um, but I kind of realized that this wasn't for me either. Okay. Um, so I, I kind of cut ties with that. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to just do me for a while, um, get back to writing, get back to making music, whatever, because that's what I love to do. Mm-hmm. Because in this society, you know, it kind of sometimes teaches you to be with somebody. You know, it's, it's not good to be by yourself. Mm-hmm. But I think it's okay to be by yourself. You know, um, so that's that's where I was at by myself for a while. Okay. Okay. Um, while all this was going on, um, I got got word that my ex had a, had a, had a, a, a new boyfriend. Okay. Okay. So, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, I wasn't laughing like that when I first. Heard. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, so okay, cool, cool, cool. He's like, "What's the competition?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game on, man. Yeah. And I kind of looked at her from a distance, and she she looked at happy, man. She looked at like you know she found someone that she really liked. She looked at really happy. Mm-hmm. I said, great. So I actually started to talk to my kids and um, try to get them to support their mother. Now, when, when I had had someone I was dating, my, 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 my daughter, my son didn't really have a problem with it. But when mom found somebody, it's like, it's, it's, it's a problem. Mm. All right. So um, I had to talk to them, my daughter, who was staying with, with my ex. Mm-hmm. And my boss with with me, and say, hey, hey, Jackie, you know, support your mother. You know, she's trying to find her happy place. You know, support her, whatever. And told my sons, you know, support your mom, protect your mom. You know, you know, just kind of be there for her. Um, so that was going on, and uh, <laughs> and um, so one Sunday afternoon, when I was taking my daughter back to my ex's apartment. Um, my ex, you know, Panika, she she walked she walked downstairs and was talking to me and um, asked her for a piece of paper for my son Jesse Jr. You know, and so she went to her truck. So at the time, I I just wanted to follow her to the truck to have a private conversation with her away from my my kids, and I followed her to the truck, and she gave me the paper and she just broke down, started crying, and. Um, at, at, at that moment, me and her both opened up to the horrific experiences that we had with dating and and how she got hurt, how she lost a lot of things. And I, I shared with her some things I went through. And when she embraced me and cried on my shoulder, um, I don't know if you read my post um, I did on Facebook about my Grammy speech. I already have my, my speech already read it already. So... In that speech, it said, um, 
I saw a stranded princess cry. And that's who I was talking about. Mm. You know, so when, when, when she cried, you know, now I've seen her cry many times because she's a crier. Mm-hmm. I think you are too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but that particular time, um, I don't know, Myra, it's like I, some kind of hero and villain both woke up in me. Mm. I, I got life. And I just felt like I needed to see what really caused her to be so hurt like this. Mm. And so we began to talk and, and, and um, just at, at, at that moment, you know, I kind of realized that she, this chick is still in my heart, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, so we kind of talked and it didn't happen overnight, um, but she was going through something very traumatic then. And uh, I wanted to help her, but it's kind of hard to just help alone, just only help mm. and not have emotional ties when you're helping someone who have gave you four beautiful children, who have cooked for you, mm. who have you've had countless of pleasures with, you know, traveled with, you know, made, made music with, you know, all that. So it was difficult to just help and then say, okay, I'm done. Mm hands off, you know, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that kind of led to us having a date. I took her out, you know, I love coffee. I love espresso. I like cafes and Dallas is just huge with a whole bunch of spots like that. So I took her on a date at a cafe I like, and, um, that's when we talked and, um, you know, that's where, where it started. It started again. Yeah. <clears throat> that is yeah. Such a good story. You think wow. so? Some, yeah. Some don't think so. Some don't think so. No. No. But well, that's that's yeah. that's bound to happen though. Like yeah. it's like I think it's uh, Jim Ron I was listening to lately, and he's like, I stopped trying to understand why some people do and some don't. Like some people, whatever it is, right? Some people do. Yeah. Some people don't. And that is, I think, like, just kind of like what he said and that I, like, agree with. He said, you know, that's just the mystery of life. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. You know, some people do, some people don't. And so I think it's a great story. Like, you're going to have those do's and don'ts, you know. And and, and I say that I think it's because I feel a little bit, a little bit too, I think I was concerned about that. Like, okay, if I make a podcast, is are people going to like it? And, you know, things like that. So I kind of like, even like when the seed was planted to when it actually happened, it was like, I think it was still kind of me understanding that like some people do, some people don't. That's not for me to understand. Yeah. Because if I try to understand that, I'm going to live my whole life stressed. Absolutely. Because I'll never understand. Yes. And that's just going to cause chaos and versus just figuring, try, realizing yeah. what is what, letting go of what happened and like, okay, what do I want to make? Okay, what does that look like? What do, where am I at now? How do I get there? Okay, now let's do. Versus, you know, just kind of living either in the past, like mm-hmm. most of us have and must, m- most of us are. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, just kind of realizing that and just letting go so that you can start figuring out the life you want to build or what you want to start cultivating. Yeah. And I think that's really how you really turn back around those bad experiences and maybe you try to go back and correct. No, that is how you correct them. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like yeah. you start figuring out like what it is that you want. Yes. And then work towards it. Yep. And then like not try to understand, just let's see what happens. Right. 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 Okay. Okay. So. That makes a lot of sense what you just said though. Um, because if you're not really sure of what you want or what direction you need to go, you can't really help but to ponder and wonder about things that didn't work out because that's really all you have because you have no direction. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So once you realize who you are and what you want out of life, Hey, I want to do this. You know, I want to go, go this place. I want to, you know, I like her. I like him. I'm in love with him, her, you know, I want this. I want that. If you don't know those pieces, you can't help but to collect all the other past stuff that you went through and try to make that work because that's really all you have. Not only that, living somebody else's dream, because even if it's not your parents, it's going to be your boss. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be the news. Yeah. It's going to be the next trend. The next trend. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I, 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 I see that for sure, for sure. And so like you even come, you know, I think your story is like good and cra crazy good, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so far, but then that's, you know, like that's, that's one of those things that you just, one of those things about life yeah. that things just happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, it's our, it's like, we are the directors. Yeah. And you know, um, I probably wouldn't really would have made it this far if it wasn't for some of the people that I've connected with, mm. uh, between okay. 2012 and, and now. And a lot of those people came from Monotronics, honestly, uh, by my previous job I had, uh, Dan Gibson, um, Abraham Torres, who I'm very still close to him. Um, Ricky, who's only here with us now, but he was a good friend of, of mine. Um, I'm going to tell you a, a little quick story um, working at Monotronics. As you know, like I told you earlier in, in our talk, I was a technician in the field, right? Mm -hmm. So um, th that's like a very, very independent position. You know, you don't have to worry about clocking in, clocking out, a lunchtime, a break time, no structure. You make your own schedule, you know, you just go, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So when Monotronics, when 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 they hired me, uh, I didn't have that structure. All right. So on week one, I got wrote up twice. <laughs> All right. Uh -huh. And so that second time, um, Abe pulled him to the side. He said, hey, write a letter that you understand what I'm talking about and that you are committed to doing the things that we hired you to do and the time frame and the schedule being available that we asked you to do. So, okay, sure. I wrote a letter and I, I gave it to him. And then as I walked to my seat, Ricky, Ricky pulled me to the side. He said, Hey, 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 Jess. He said, man, um, I, you know, I know you're new here, but if you write a letter, that means that your next offense, they want to fire you. 
dude told me, he said, this is not like you're out, out there, you know, doing your own thing. He said, Jesse, letter is the last step before termination. Oh. And that guy, what he said made me realize that I'm no longer a technician in the field. I can't do my own thing. And I'm in a call center. And I really, really appreciate Ricky telling me that. Because no one told me. I wouldn't have known you probably if he didn't tell you that. No, because it would have happened. (laughs) I would have been in Canes over an hour eating and not came back in time, basically. Um, So Ricky gave me a good tip. Mm. He gave me a good tip that changed my direction of my career. Wow. Is it's Monotronics the job that hired you that moved you from Mississippi or is that a different job? Okay. No, so I quit the job I had and to work. I actually thought that Monotronics was a was a technician job. Okay. So when they walked me to the back and saw I saw the call and I said, No, this is not a a job where I install. (laughs) I'm on I'm on the phone. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, I went to my desk and I said, uh, I'm gonna be such a good worker. That I'm going to take this guy's job. Yeah. And um, <laughs> a few years later, you know, I, I had Abraham's job. Yeah. You know, so it, it all that worked out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, what? What? Why were they? What were they gonna? Uh, what What were you doing that was like that? You had to kind of get with the program that didn't fit with the program. Well, you know. Um, my, my, my kid uh, needed a ride back from school to home for some reason, you know, or my wife had a flat and all that. I had to go, you know, these are all important things. But I, I realized that if your job has hired you to be there to work, then you got to put things in place outside of your job so that when these things come up, you can have other resources to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. So I began to get in, you know, insurance where they have roadside assistance, okay, and all these things. So if these things happen, we just take a you're covered. Yeah, hey, you know, get roadside assistance. I can't leave my job, so I can, I have things in place to help me while I work. So in, I guess in a way, it made you plan. Yeah. Oh yeah, better. Yes, yes, and take advantage of things that we have now today, like apps and, you know, roadside assistance resources, you know, it may cost a little more to add that little extra feature to your insurance, but it's worth it Mm. down the road. So I I picked up on these things and added to my life basically. Okay. Okay. And these are the things you said you were like, you had to adapt or had to learn. Yeah. 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 Because it was all about, you know, taking the cheapest way out sometimes. Okay. But I I realized you have to sometimes kind of invest in some things that you need. You know, it may be costly, but, you know, it'll help you be more stable. You know, I think that's really important because I can completely see and understand. And, and I mean, I understand, like, the, the thought about, like, okay, let me just, you mentioned, like, going the cheap way. Yeah. You know, you're, you're a father of four and a wife and trying to make it. So, yeah. I guess in a way, not necessarily as cheap. I mean, you're really just kind of trying to survive. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But then you learn how to use tools to move faster and not risk the stuff that's actually kind of making you stable, which is your job and as your, your, what's paying the bills, I guess for now. Right. Right. Exactly. 
Okay. Okay. So how, how's, how's that shift for, for you mentally having these set of rules you have to follow going from like an independent contractor working at 11, 12 hours to like, did you have numbers you had to meet? Yeah. Service level. Yes. Yeah. You have to meet. Yes. Uh, Timings. Yeah. And so we, 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 we did that. I was coached, trained to do that. Um, at that job, and um, I was pretty good good at that job. Uh, even though it was my first time doing that, I, I, I learned the craft and got good at that. Um, but being structured still, uh, that really taught me how to really plan my career. <laughs> and I, I kind of realized that I can move ahead if I give them what they hired me to do, do it very well, um, and then kind of position myself to grow in the company. Um, that really changed the course of my career, mm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were hired at local, I'm just going to jump into Monotronics because that's where we met. That was your second job after coming to Dallas? Yes. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> and this is the first place where you kind of, you're around a group of people that kind of help you in a way, like Abe, you mentioned Abe. Yeah. Um, Abraham, uh, Ricky, uh, was a big, big, real big influence uh, to me. Um, dang. What, what did you see different being around these guys well, from like, what were you were used to? Well, Ricky, um, he was very, he was like a free spirited kind of guy. And even though he knew what to do, if he really wanted to do something, whether it would get him in trouble or not, he would still do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I really admire his boldness. Okay. When it comes, even though he was helping me, mm-hmm. hey, don't get fired. I might get fired, but you don't get fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the kind of guy that, that would say, hey, I don't have children. I don't have a wife. Right. I can get fired. Right. But you can't get fired. That's the kind of guy Ricky was, man. I remember Ricky so well. Yeah, so he was helping me, even though he was also on the brink of getting fired. Mm. <laughs> he stayed in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you um you have outings and you start meeting different people here. You know, as you talk and ask questions about that, that group really had a big impact on my life. Mm. You know, um, it, it kind of made me have a bond outside of my family circle, you know, and, and, and also my wife can tell you at the time we were really dealing with some very, very real personal issues and, and, you know, in our family. And it was my outlet to really kind of like settle things down and have a balance in my life. And, you know, they kind of forced me to go out with them and, and to, to, you know, drink and to talk. And, and you know, and it was it was really good for me. Mm, let loose a little bit. It was really good for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Were you much of, uh, did you have many friends growing up? Yes, back in the Queens in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when my parents separated, I cut everybody off. Oh, okay. I cut everybody off. Really? Yeah. Okay. Why, why, why was that? Was it just kind of like, it was just like what you were feeling or like? 
Why, well, why do you think? Like, because, you know, some people look for friends, but you cut everybody off. Yeah, because I didn't think that my family had a image that measured up to what my fam- what my friends had. Okay. So, you know, so I, I just cut everybody off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then you're, you're here, you're here in Dallas and you're kind of, you kind of, you're kind of like, you just kind of like land into a good culture. Yes. It, it was a good fit for me. A good fit for my wife and my kids. We, we, all six of us really flourished in Dallas. Okay. Yeah. What do you think got you to the next promotion, which was a supervisor there at that department where you almost got fired? <laughs> um, what do you think was the key for you to take that spot? Okay. I want to say this uh, because people outside of, of my, my circle with, with my wife and kids don't really know what we have have dealt with. Mm-hmm. And um, even even you, and this is going to be a big, a big surprise to you, about okay. what I'm about to say. Um, so in 2015 was when I, I think, applied for that, for that position. Okay. Um, that year, I didn't, we were homeless. Where were you living? And a, uh, what, what you call it, those suites, those, 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 those uh, weekly hotel things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We, Was we, that one of those moments where you, where you lost everything overnight? Yeah. Yeah. One of the kind of things? It, it happened while I was working at Monotronics too. Yeah. Um, but like I told you, I always continue to work. That's That's been my model, Myra. So... It doesn't matter what goes on. I, I'm going to continue. And that year when I applied for that that role with John Smith, you know, and, mm. and I was going up against some very smart individuals on my team, I didn't have my own, I didn't have my own place. Stop. <laughs> and so I, I was like, okay, uh, this will really give me a boost. And it'll help me financially. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I think that I would be a good pick for this, you know, and a lot of people at Monotronics emailed me with this role open up. People in customer service, uh, CTS, and other um, co-workers and, and deal support, hey man, we want you to be our boss. You know, so I applied for it and I got it. Um, at, the, at the time, I didn't see anything change in my situation, but I continued to lead the people at Monotronics and I began to see you know, my my whole life changed, and I, I I see things building back up. We got our place again. You know, we got things flourishing. And we saving my my credit bill back up, and it was an awesome experience to see all of this unfold. You know, from from nothing. That's why, you know, I don't I don't like to to hear people say that. You know, I just gave up. Mm. Dude, just keep working. Just keep working. If you if you can work, you can continue. <laughs> Can I drop this mic? <laughs> yeah, no, serious. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's- and nobody know that until they see this podcast. All of my friends at work never knew that. You are the one applying for this promotion in the midst of whatever's going on in your personal life. 
you do what you need to do. You you go through the process as every other applicant did to get a job or a promotion and you get it. How did that feel? That felt great. Uh, I felt a huge connection with my team, a connection with John Smith. And John Smith knew of... By the way, John Smith is not like a John Smith name we're getting up. Yeah. <laughs> like it is a John Smith. <laughs> this is a real name. It is his real name. <laughs> uh, Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knew of a thing that, that I did uh, years ago that was a huge mistake. And um, so when he offered me this position, he said, Jesse, all right, you can't do that again. Okay. So I'm like, hey, 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 bro, I got you. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a great job and I won't let you down. <laughs> so the guy, he gave me he gave me a chance. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He gave me a chance. Yeah. A chance. Yep. That's all you need sometimes is just a chance. I'm assuming you were disciplined, especially after writing that letter. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And so what does discipline look like you look like for you? Being disciplined um, to me really means being patient because I, I don't think that you can be disciplined if you don't understand what patience is. Mm. Um, so you want something in your life, but it, it can't happen when you first want it. You have to, get positioned to actually get that place in your life. And it, it takes a process. And, you know, I, I didn't know what process was back then. Um, but so being disciplined to me is actually being patient enough to give that process a chance mm -hmm. to present that thing to you. Okay. Right? okay. Right. So um, I was, I was very, very, very patient. I, I learned patience um, while working there. Okay. While working there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because I moved to Texas two days. I, and, and a lot of my decisions I, I did didn't have patience. It, I didn't have a process. I, I didn't have a plan. Mm -hmm. But while working there, I, I learned how to plan because leading people, you can't, you can't do that while leading people. You have to have a plan, a strategy, and a process. And they're actually asking you for a process. Right. How do I get this done and get it resolved. Well, a resolution comes with the process. Mm. So I had to learn how to be patient, have a process, have a plan and present that plan to my team, to myself, my career and my family. And even though it was just my job, I mean, it, it really taught me other things in life and everything about my life grew mm. when I positioned myself to be patient and have a plan and a strategy and to sit Myself, I almost ass. <laughs> Sit myself down somewhere and actually do it and make a plan and see it done. Mm, okay. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 so important. And I feel like the crazy thing is that, like, the world is always changing, right? We ourselves were getting older so we are also changing or mm -hmm. the people around us 
are also getting older, so they are also changing. Right, right. Right? So that is not like, oh, you make a plan, you're good for the rest of your life. It's like, no, you got to make a plan, but you got to keep adjusting. Absolutely, yes. Because not only you, but everything else around you is changing. Yeah. So the plan that you had maybe five years or 10 years or 20 years may not work, may not work anymore. Yeah. You're growing a lot in this, in this company yet you're still struggling at home. Mm-hmm. How was that conversation? Um, I, so something happened. Okay. And when, when when that happened, I just felt like that me and her wasn't a good fit okay. anymore. And we had a talk. And uh, I'm going to say this. She didn't agree with that. Okay. She always thought that we should work it out. Okay. Um, but I just felt like um, that wherever we were experiencing it in our relationship was, was going to continue. Okay. You know, so uh, I was the one that, that filed the divorce. Okay. And so, you know, she's you know, smart enough to know that, okay, well, I'm not going to hang around with this guy if he wants a divorce, you know, right. so she, so she left, you know, so that's really how they come to, it wasn't tense, it wasn't, we didn't have an argument, uh, we both signed the papers, it was peaceful, you know, it, we just went our separate ways, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, and then, okay, so you, you have some time that it seems, do you, do you, would you recommend some alone time for anyone that's having any sort of tough situation right now like do, would you recommend that alone time yeah but let me say it, say, it, say it like this so i don't recommend alone time if your mind is not right mm, okay because a a uh someone who doesn't think properly someone who has mental issues should not be alone okay okay so someone who's been traumatized as a child, other things, you, you don't need to be alone. But someone is solid enough, you know, they see things clearly. They have always had direction, a path, they have structure in their life. They're mature about certain things. You may be okay being by yourself and having some, a time to break away from the, all the chaos and think about some things and see what you want to do next because you're, you're, you're healthy. Okay. Right? Yeah. But everyone isn't blessed to be that healthy. You know, so if you're not that healthy, maybe you shouldn't be alone. Mm. So um, I wasn't the, the, a good fit to be alone. Okay. All right. So, but I struggled with connecting with people um, because I didn't like who I was. So mm. when, when, I, when, I, when I would talk to people, especially other male factors, okay, um, I would I would compare myself to them. Mm. Mm-hmm. And but but yeah, um, so DTS and in, in my in my my previous role allowed me to loosen that up and to connect with other guys like me. Okay. You know, so I was able to kind of see myself and how who I was to myself and to them. Oh. Um, so, but yeah, it, it was it was it was a pretty long process. So you went through it, yet you wouldn't recommend it for somebody like you. Right. Why is that? Well, um, because when you spent so many years only dealing with your your own circle, you know, um, and everything in your life is only about 
your marriage, your kids, your job, and and surviving. <laughs> you don't really exactly know what the next step looks like because you're so busy trying to survive that next day. <laughs> you know, I, I just didn't really understand what that looks like. Okay. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, uh, I was traumatized, you know. So I had a little soft spot, you know what I'm saying? Okay. You know, so, uh, and I also don't really believe in counseling then. Okay. Uh, I think it, I think it's great now as I've been through some things. Okay. Know? But then I never believed in counseling and having someone to talk to. Why? I just didn't see how that would benefit me um, a whole lot. And counseling is expensive. Mm. Uh, I tell I tell anybody if it's cheap, it's not the best. You know, unless they really love you. If it's cheap, it's somebody who loves you, you know, know you personally, a family member or someone else, you know, help pay for that for you. But usually the best counselors are the ones that you got to, it, it costs. Mm. Cost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So did you have some counseling experience before that you maybe developed that thought that maybe counseling is really not? And, you know, I say that because... <laughs> I mean, I won't say their names, but like I know people have gone through counseling and have the same opinion. Like yeah. it's not yeah. helpful. One situation, we, me and my wife went to counseling. Uh, I won't call any names or the doctors or whatever, but um, we were sitting talking with, with her. And as we shared with her our story, she she dropped her pen and paper and said, why the hell are you all married? Why are y'all together? That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Did it sound more like a rhetorical question? Or did it sound like she wanted to know the answer? She didn't care about the answer. Um, I, I think what we presented was too much for her to... Process. Yeah. And handle. Yeah. So her way out was give up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 I, I can see that. Yeah. So that was my last time giving counseling a try. Okay. Did you ever seek for counseling, even if it was not like, yes. say, professional, like, say, maybe a friend or whoever? Yeah. Uh, I actually seek for counseling last year. Okay. Things were good. We, me and my wife, we were doing great. But I wanted to talk to somebody about some things I wanted to do in my life, you know, and, um, you know, I know how this is going to sound, but I wanted someone, I wanted a black counselor. Okay. Okay. You know, I, I tried other other ones and I wanted, you know, a, a black guy to talk to me. Do you feel like somebody like that would probably understand you better and guide you better? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And they are hard to find. They're hard to find. Hard to find. Or if you find them, they're so booked. Or they're not in your area. You got to drive. It's just just hard to find someone that looks like me to talk to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what did you do? I just gave up. You just gave up. You you went to yourself. Um, no, I went to a pastor in Denton. Okay. Um, and he's been very helpful. He still is helpful, even though I'm stubborn and don't really reach out to him. Um, but he, he is still helpful. Okay. Even today, because he sends me text messages. Hey, how you doing? 
you know, it's, you know, he still got that connection, even though I'm the one that's not reaching back out. Okay. He still exists. Okay. So he's, he's, he's great. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And you know, that makes so much sense because it's like, if you want somebody, if somebody's going to help you and you know, you had to kind of break through like, okay, they're going to get paid. Right. But it's like, how is it that they're going to help me? I mean, I have to tell them what's going on in a certain amount of time because they're getting paid hourly. Right. Right. So you have to explain and they have to process that information Correct. and they have to kind of understand what's going on. And that's going to be the key, right? It's like understanding mm -hmm. what's going on. So because they can't help you if they don't understand, just like, when you were doing your, 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 you were presenting your CDs mm -hmm. to these people and they were telling you stuff and you didn't understand. Didn't have a clue. It's like, how are you going to change it if you don't understand? So if you talk to somebody that doesn't understand, yeah. how are they going to change it yeah. for the better? Anyways. Right. They can change it, you know, it's just right. for what you're looking for, which is for the better. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's. And my okay. last attempt was um, I, you know, you you fill out a form online, and they ask you questions about what you're looking for in your doctor and everything I presented, you know, African American, you know, this and that, whatever, you know, and I got a reply back. And it was it wasn't who I asked for, mm. you know. So it's but I understand. Right. They couldn't find him either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. No. So, would you say be growing up um, African American has? Do you feel like it's been, it's it's more, more heart more hurdles to jump through? In some areas. In some areas. Yeah. 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 And um, that used to be my like my my gospel at, at one at one point, saying that you know it's harder being who I am. It's harder being who I am. But I've met so many other people who are not black. They go through sometimes even more stuff than I went through. Mm. So I don't, I don't say that. Anymore okay. Because it's, it's you've not, seen enough. Uh, oh yeah. To kind of break that oh, yeah. personal truth. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it may not be my story, but right. It was very traumatic for them. And, okay. and I saw it and witnessed it and said, wow, dude, that's pretty bad. Okay. You know? So, so you kind of, you knew that excuse was no longer valid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which I think it makes you even more resilient because now you don't have an excuse. So what do you do now? Keep working. I keep working, keep, because I want to continue. So it, it doesn't really matter what happens in your life, in my life. You know, I feel like that my driving force of me being successful is me continuing to work. And it doesn't matter what type of job it was. Any mm. job I had, what kind of money it was, I just kept working and things got better. Did you treat your jobs differently based on how much you earned? No. Never? No, never. Wow. So in, 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 in your head, it's, you got to give it all. Mm-hmm. Right. It was just 
you know, a part of me, basically. Yeah. Okay. And in 2020, you have this conversation with your wife Mm -hmm. where she breaks down. And Uh, that happened in 2021. 2021. Okay. Oh, that's right. Because you separate in 2020. You have a conversation with her. It's 2021. And you get, you mentioned you got like lit up, fired up. And so what do you do next after this conversation you have with her? And she's really upset. Sounds like. No, she was, she was hurt and stranded. Hurt and stranded. She wasn't angry and upset. She was hurt, stranded and lost. Okay. That's what you saw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's not what she spoke. Right. That's, that's, that's what she presented without speaking. That's what you saw. Yeah. That's what you felt. Yeah. Okay. So what do you do next? Um, this is late at night. Was it you were it was dropping off? Sunday afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I kind of got got more engaged and focused on making sure that she was okay. Okay. And then after about maybe two or three weeks, it kind of unfolded into me thinking about her more than what I used to. Okay. Um, because you got to think about it, you know, I've known her since she was 12. Right. So when we got a divorce, uh, I had to force myself to not think about her. Mm. How'd you do that? Drinking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I drank a lot. I made music and I, was she in your music? In your music? In the in the past, yes. Okay. Yeah, and like in my words. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so when that happened, when we talked that Sunday afternoon, um, it kind of woke up those boundaries and, and that 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 old self, and um, you know, it was just kind of hard for me to resist to kind of keep reaching out, pursue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How long, how long until you have a conversation with her that starts the conversation of trying again? Um, so we were talking one weekend and um, so she, she has a boyfriend, right? Oh, so she still has a boyfriend. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a good guy, actually. You know, um, so she wasn't not happy because of him. It was some other things going on. And 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 um, we we, we kind of talked, and um, I just felt like that I needed her back in my life. You know, mm-hmm. uh, because me and her both experienced some things, being you know divorced and separated, and I cared a lot about her. Uh, and so, like I said earlier, I'm just being real, you know, it, it was hard for me to, to just help only and not do anything else because I really, really cared about her. You Could know? you feel she cared about you too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, she's the kind that, that don't, she don't play games with a heart or anything like that. If she loves you, she really loves you. So, um, she's not a game player. She. She's pretty transparent with that. So. Okay. So then she had moved back home 
Mm-hmm. So, and then she just, does she decide to move back over here with you or? This happened in, in, in Dallas because in 2020, when she moved back home, a few months later, she moved back to okay. Texas. Okay. And okay. she was independent. She was, uh, you know, she was single in Texas. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she was dating here in Dallas. Oh, okay. So yeah, this has been tougher for you. <laughs> Why is that for me? I don't know. It's tough, you know? It's like in the same... It's like at least when somebody's like far away, it's like, okay, they're far away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Were, when did you get your son? So was it when she was over back home or when they were already back here in Dallas? She was in Mississippi. I okay. Went and got them and brought them back. Okay. Yeah. And then she came over here, but were you still living with your sons and she was living with her yeah. daughters okay 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 so and you guys start talking and how does that go do you guys start actually dating oh no no um we, we, we had a we had a talk um and I, I asked her to just think about some things you know because she had, she had her, her own life going you know doing well she started a, a bakery, a catering company, you know, baking cupcakes and cakes and uh, catering for people's events and all that. So she was doing pretty well. Okay. Um, so I said, you know, kind of, you know, make a decision. You know, if you want to try it again, I, I do. Um, at the time, I didn't have anybody else. But she she had a, you know, mm-hmm. a boyfriend. So um, she left me. She walked. She thought about some things and then came back and said, um, you have always had my heart. And so she just gave it a try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how did that feel for you? Scary. Scary. Yeah. Because, um, I didn't, I didn't think, um, trying it again after you had, you know, got a divorce a year ago, it, it kind of seems like you don't know what you're doing, okay. you know, because you, you don't go through that drastic measure of leaving someone and then, Tried again in twelve months. Okay, you know. Did you feel like it was kind of like a responsibility? Um, or what? Why was this? I mean, other. I mean, what else was it scary about well, it? Be, because previously, um, I didn't really put enough thought into the things that we did before when we tried to do it again. Try to, we left and came back, trying to make it work. Um, I didn't seek help. I didn't seek guidance or counseling. So I just was wondering if I was actually in my right frame of mind mm. when I made the decision. Okay. So were you more concerned of yourself mm-hmm. if you were going to, if you're in the right place, were you thinking of like for them? Like just. It was, it was really a selfish, okay. selfish kind of thing where okay. I was thinking, just making sure that it was a good thing for me. Okay. 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 You know, so, and I wasn't really clear on that, which is why I was kind of frightened about it. That makes sense. Um, you know, but I just realized that it was, it was a good move. Okay. Um, I think what happened in 2020 and in that moment, that whole year, it led us both back to a place where we had more of a clear mind about things and about life, you know, because, you know, we never dated before, mm-hmm. never had a chance to really experience life life before. We we were young, got married young. So in that in that twelve month time frame, we experienced a lot that some people experience when they're young. 
Right. Okay. Right. All right. So we got our hands dirty, tried things, crazy stuff, you know, you know, and we came back and had much more of an understanding of what goes on in other areas of life, you know, and we, we had a clear mind about certain things. Okay. Okay. It's been pretty cool now, Mara. Yeah. We're having some fun. Look, I'm <laughs> I'm watching you and yeah. you've and you've never looked any like better and like yeah, it's it's been amazing. Okay. I, I wanna hear more about that. So you guys decide to work it out. Obviously, if you've already invested time in writing and, and writing notes and stuff. So if you've already kind of done a lot of thinking, mm-hmm. right? So what happens next? Because, you know, right, like, I want to know how, how you got to where you are now. So you're, you're writing music. You decide to give it another shot. Yeah. How does she complement in your world now? Um, like, how does she come in and fit in? Like, how like how does your life change now with her in your life again? Let me share this, and then I'll, I'll because it, it'll bring that that point out a whole lot more clear. Um, while we were separated and divorced, um, I saw from a distance that she started her own business, mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> To me, that was pretty amazing because she she's been in a shell for so long. Um, so when I saw that she was baking cupcakes and you know doing her own thing like that, I thought it was just awesome. <laughs> and she came to visit me, and um, we talked about her her business, and I thought it was just so cool. And I began to feel some attraction again, but I didn't I didn't say anything. Okay. Um, she she kind of kept that same frame of mind of being independent, wanting her own company, her own business. And that really was, that had a lot to do with me wanting to try again, other than me just loving her. Because that, that was already there. Me loving her, mm-hmm. you know, thinking mm-hmm. she's awesome. But she brought that extra piece to the table. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. And so it it, it kind of wasn't just you know I'm a stay at home mom you know I'm I'm your wife I support your career I'm gonna keep the kids but she actually had that hunger to make a difference in the world have her business cater and be great at it and and I just I I, I thought that was awesome yeah so she brought that to the table and made me want to revisit making my studio and my music career a an official business okay mm-hmm. um so we we kind of brought that to the table and we just ran with that and that's really like a real big piece of why we have so much fun and and also we stopped worrying about what other people say or, or you know about, about us um when you don't care about what people say about your life you can really have a whole lot of fun, mm, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not the kind of guy that likes to live two lives or live my life in a secret. So you won't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That's so stupid to me. I mean, it just, why are you keeping your happy place a secret? So others won't know what you're really doing. 
Right. And so many people do that. So I'm like, so my life isn't a secret. All right. So I don't, even though I know you mean well about what you think I should do, you mean well. I respect that. You respect me. But I, it, it can't go no further than that. Okay. Right. So we're going to have some fun the way we, we want to because this time it has to work. Right. This time it has to work. So that means that we have to cut ties with people's opinions and we look on the inside to see what we want to create this happy place. Mm. And we're going to go full, full speed ahead with it. And that's what we've been doing. Yeah. I think that is so key. It is. Like, like getting to that point where you realize that, where, you know what, I'm just gonna forget, not even spend time because that's really it, right? Like it's really time. Like it's, it doesn't matter who you are. Mm -hmm. Everybody has 24 hours mm -hmm. in the day. And when that time is going to get cut off for you, nobody knows. Mm -hmm. Some people make it to where they make it to the elderly stages. Some people do, some people don't. The people that do, from what I've seen, is like, it's like if they say anything they mention time. Yeah. Like time, whatever it is that their advice is of their learnings, time is in that conversation. Right. So like you think about like, okay, thinking about what other people think you're spending time. It's a waste of time. Yeah. So you can either spend time, Thinking about something that you have no control over. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. To like, okay, thinking and then doing what it is that you want to do to live the life you want to live. Because at the end of the day, you have to come home. You have to go, you will go to bed at some time mm -hmm. and then you get stuck with your own thoughts mm -hmm. and whatever it is that you collected out in the world during the day or time or whatever it is, social time you had out there. Like at the end of the day, you come home and you have to deal with yourself over there. You have to deal with them a few moments, mm -hmm. a few hours, a few minutes, whatever it is, but you always deal with your own self. Yeah. But, but you know, Meyer, um, for quite a few people, their goal is to please others. You think so? Yeah. You think They're, their goal, do you think their goal is to please others or do you think they haven't thought about their own? Well, well, yeah, I mean, so it's a reason for that, which is not healthy. Okay. But for um, a lot of people, their, their goal and they're happy when someone is pleased or they agree with what they're doing or they like what they're doing. That's their happy place for a lot of people. And they don't want to disappoint people. 
they don't want to disappoint. I think, I think that thought is built on fear. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with you. I think a lot of people do live life that way. And it, it is scary, right? I mean, fear is a part of it. You're, you're exactly right. Because when you make a decision to not put that as a priority, I mean, you know, at some point you have to incorporate other people's opinions into what you're doing, especially if their advice is good advice, right? But who you are and what you want out of life is supposed to matter a whole lot, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So at, at some point when you make a decision to not let that be the ultimate one all thing be all and what you want in life is number one, at that moment you become lonely. It, it's it's like instantly you get cut off and you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of family and friends attachments is based off of will you accept what I say to you? Right. 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 And they kind of mean well, but it, it, it really is a burden, you know, for, you know, yeah. we won't really have a lot of peace. You know, we will come by, we're going to eat turkey for Thanksgiving and other things. You know, we're going to talk, you know, we're going to be cordial, you know, we're going to be decent people. But, you know, I told you to do this and, you know, you didn't really do it. You know, you know if, if these people really means mean a lot to you, it caused tension. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you go on and do things that do things that you like to do, you know, mm-hmm. to them, it's like you don't care who they are. You right. Know? You're not even trying to communicate that. Right. You're just doing you. Right. And but it it automatically cuts them off like that that drastically. Yeah. And you just become by you become you know lonely. Right. Right. Yeah. No. I I understand, and I feel like these th- this type of like mentality or this type of thinking it's um it's because we're really not taught like because think about it like if it's even like just like when you get when you go when you get in an airplane right you hear the instructions of like before the airplane takes off what do they say if anything happens, put like the 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 mask, mm-hmm. put it on yourself before you put it even to on your child, right? So that means take care of yourself yeah. before you take care of somebody else because because you can't help somebody else if you if if you can't help yourself first. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Right. So like, I feel right. like. Why that mindset cause so much problems in relationships? Why? I, I don't I don't understand why that that causes so, so much problems. When you put yourself first. Yeah. Well, I think it's because it depends how it depends on the intention. Mm-hmm. Right? So like if you're being because some people may may confuse that to being selfish for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, I'm being self, but you can be self. Like, there's, I think, I think, like, there's different types of selfishness. Like, you can you can be selfish towards yourself. You can be selfish towards your family. Yeah. You can be selfish towards your community. You can be selfish towards your uh, country. 
but you know the the narrower you 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 close it in like oh i'm gonna be narrow for myself only yeah and i'm gonna make you i don't care what happens to you as long as this happens to me i think that's where the confusion is but if you're right 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 but then if you're like hey like let me take a pause. Like, I, like I need to work on like myself to like, like there's an intention, right? Like, I don't care if you're hurt as long as I'm okay. Or there is like, Hey, I want to help you, but let, let, let me get there so I can help you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's selfish, but it's a different type of selfishness. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's something about that. There's something about that. So you have a, you, you said you, you've, you've been, um, you've you received help through your father and some other of like s- building your own studio, mm-hmm. which is where you've been able to kind of flow your, your juices, your creative juices. So at the time, your ex-wife is starting her own business. She's doing well. You're inspired. And so now, like, I guess I want to get to, like, your rapper, right? So then you just, you're, you're writing all this stuff. So what do, you, what do you think, like, okay, you have something you want to say. So what do you do next? Well, um, Right now, I'm just trying to develop a way to communicate who I am okay. and trying to present it as an entertaining piece, right? Because, okay. um, because I also want it to be entertaining. Okay. You know, so I don't want to be just a, like a boring MC that's, you know, rapping over music and, you know, all these words, but they can't party to it. <laughs> you know, so I kind of want to... Uh, presented where um, my craft and, and my music and my story is presented in a way where they can listen, they can get fed off of it, they feel fulfilled about my story, inspired, motivated, but at the same time, not too sad, but still happy enough and some kind of you know positive vibe to go and do something, and and also and um, also to accept who they are as in as as their story. Okay, because. Some people like to wipe their story away and start back over. Mm. And I, I think everyone should embrace their story, even if it's real bad. You have to really embrace it because you are who you are because that happened. Right. So if you erase your story, you're also erasing who you are. Right. right? So you got to be very, very careful, careful with that. So I want to be be a rapper that um, give my story to my fans and my truth. Mm. Okay, so you will never hear me rap about having all this money. Um, you won't see any big fancy, you know, Italian car in my videos because I never owned one. So these are also people who are trying to present someone different than who they are to their fans. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so you will never hear me rap about, you know, going out in the streets and killing people, and, you know, and and you know, being in the gang and all that. I've never done that, right? And you know, so that's not really 
popular to me. You know, it's going to be my truth. All right. So I worked very hard to provide for my family. Um, I, I experienced things in my in my life very young with my family trauma. Um, I know about church and, and religion. I know about helping people walk on the streets. Um, I know about raising kids. I know about you know the ups and downs of a marriage. I know how hard it can get you know when you're in your career trying to climb the you know the corporate ladder. And I know how it is to um, go to college and still have a full time job and raise a family, trying to you know complete your school. Uh, I did all of that, and all of these things are going to be in my in my story. All right, so I think it's challenging for someone who wants to accept that as their content and make it entertaining. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so writing it isn't really hard because I know my story. Okay, right. But trying to arrange it in a way and present it where it can be played at somebody's party. Is a challenge. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. And that that's the journey, right? Yeah, that, I, that, that I'm on now. Right? Yes. Right now. Yes. Right now. Yes. Right. So, yes. okay. Okay. I'm telling you, like, I, I think I mentioned this earlier. Like, I, I was, I mean, I listened to, be, to it before when you shared it in, in social media. You know, I, I did listen to it and I was listening to it more uh, this morning. Logan, why don't you go ahead and, and, and play... One of the songs, or the song that's on Spotify. Okay. Born from the womb, few days full of trouble. My future looks bright, but I had a couple stumbles. I got big dreams, want to be on the top. It's hard for a nigga, but I just can't stop. I'm going to make it big, how I thought so much. I dropped higher learning just to work on my truck. I had no luck, ain't nothing going right. I'm working all day, but I can't see the light. All that hustling, but I'm still struggling. Drama and problems kept me suffering. Pitch my beats, nobody bought shit. It felt so heavy like carrying bricks. So all all damn day and into the night I didn't back down till my game got tight I never gave up gotta keep on running I knew that one day that my time was coming my time you now, I'm feeling so high Count down, take off, watch me fly Hop on a jet, gonna aim for the sky Rockstar status, baby, I'm I played every instrument. Lost everything that I had in one night. I kept on hustling. You actually, you played the instrument? Yeah. I got down, but okay. I didn't break easy. Got my ass up, told God don't leave me. Needed more dough, but I couldn't find shit. I packed my bags and moved real quick. Just look around, everything's bigger. I'm that nigga with the finger on the trigger. Shooting my shot, aiming for success. Shot high as I can, like a rocket. Life fought back, but I didn't back down. And how I end the song is me trying to incorporate like I'm celebrating. So now let's go party. Okay. I see. Lap, lap, ass so soft, just right for a boss. Bend over while 
having a good time right now. Honestly, I I can see so much more of that song now. <laughs> like, and like I listened to it, you know, qu- quite a few times. But this conversation really enhances your song, you know. Like it's yeah, it's my truth, for real. This is the first song you put out on. Sp- is it like Spotify? Oh yeah, Spotify, YouTube, um, Title, um, Apple Music, Amazon. It's it's everywhere. 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 Yes. And these, how long have you been writing these lyrics? Well, that particular song has like five versions. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's like five different arrangements, five versions, and also. Um, different verses and, and words um, until that happened in 2021. Excuse me. And I dropped the whole, you know, scary thought of people not liking who I am. Right. Um, I wrote a different version and I played it a different way because Jesse had, had changed. Okay. And so I decided to go ahead and let this be my first release now, um, people who really understand how to to properly market music, Mara, um, you're not really taught to release content like this for the first time. It has to be something very commercial, okay? That they can play on the radio. That is some type of a you know uh, universal theme that everyone everyone can kind of relate to, right? To kind of get it out there, get popular, you know, very quick. But you know, I am kind of stubborn, right? You know, so I wanted my story to be the first print, you know, blueprint or imprint of my music career. You know, I want to start off with people knowing who I am. Okay. And then I'm going to incorporate, you know, other things. But you're going to first know Jesse Dale Queens. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Okay. So there's like five different versions of this. It sounds different, different beat. Slower, quicker, different words, introductions, outgoing. Yeah. And you make the beats. Yes. Okay. How how long did it take you to finish or or not finish, but um be okay with it? Yes. Yes. Um, my wife pushed me to go ahead and release it. Mm. Because I would still be working on it now. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So she kinda like, no, go ahead and upload it. Let it go. Yeah. Uh, no more changing, you know, because I like changing things. I hear things all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think any artist kind of go through that, you know. Okay. Never really finish. You kind of like want to keep adding to it. Yeah. Yeah. So what is what is your, your goal? What is your vision? My goal is to be known, be exposed, and to, I want that number one spot. Okay. And I feel like. Dallas needs to be exposed and be number one. Mm. All right. I think LA had his chance. I think New York had his chance. Florida, you know, rappers do real big in Atlanta, you know, and, and, and Memphis and Philadelphia 
and you know in uh, Baton Rouge and New Orleans, but I think Dallas needs its chance um, to really be number one and be there for a while. Mm. Not, not like you know, okay, yeah, this kid, you know, whatever, is doing good in Dallas, you know, and then next year you don't hear about him again. Right. I want to be number one for a while to a point where I make an imprint and a legacy for the city of Dallas. Yes. All right. So, which means, and this kind of goes back to my training in electronics, I know how to properly represent a city where a city can use me. Mm. Okay. And I, I kind of feel like mm. a city and state can cannot use you if you're out killing, if you're out, you know, mm-hmm. selling drugs and getting people's families broken up because they're they're strung out on things that you sold them, you know, and you don't know how to fully be a good citizen. And uh, you're not a person that provides for your family, your children. You understand what it, what it means to be, you know, in a country where you need to represent and to bring things to the table where the country can flourish. Mm-hmm. So even though I have my story, I, I want to be able to be used so Dallas can use me to bring out this message, right? mm-hmm. you know, to have fun, be who you want to be in life, um, you know, and and try to exist in, in, in everything that's going on, right? Yes, yes, and I think that is so important. Yeah, and I really look forward to it because me, maybe the the world doesn't know you yet, but. Like me knowing you and 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 kind of diving into the, this pool with the background you have mm-hmm. of and and not only I mean, yes, the background and the journey through that background, like where you grew up, how you grew up, what you've been through, and where you're going. It's. I feel like it's kind of like that that link where you mentioned. Sometimes you just can't find. Maybe that one person that can connect with you to maybe really help you with whatever it is that's going on that really understands you. Yeah. That can really get in your shoes and really maybe help you turn your situation around. Yeah. And I feel like. I feel like, right, like, like in a way, like it's, this is maybe you, that one person that maybe that one kid right now, it's in the room and, and they can like connect with. Yeah. Because you're not just a rapper right now that just been in the rapping, like come up. Like, no, you were, it was like a strict household. Yeah. Church, you, you. And I think you even mentioned that in, in your bio, how you bring that uniqueness, yeah. even your your background, even as a musician, yeah. right? You, like you have, you, you play different um, instruments. Mm-hmm. Different genres of music. Different genres. Yeah. yeah. Different um, story. Mm-hmm. And then out of that, it's coming, this is your art out of that. Yeah. This is the art happening out of that. Mm-hmm. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, because it's like you don't want you don't want to talk somebody else talk to somebody that has like the same story as everybody, or maybe the story they want to tell that's being told already over and over and over again. Maybe right. Whatever it is, you know, like this is you. Yeah. And this and you are real. These are your struggles. And and that's the thing, like everybody has struggles. You know, earlier we we're talking about like what inspired me to do a podcast. It's like everybody has struggles. Everyone. Everybody has like a story. Some are more traumatic maybe than others. But at the end of the day, when when if if somebody else it's going through it and like even like says they hear the story, they're about to give up and they hear like a message like yours, like, hey. I got to do is just keep going, mm-hmm. you know, like just keep working. Just keep working. Um, that I think it's what's beautiful. And it's like, it's like, um, I, I think, uh, even I mentioned Jim, Jim earlier and about some people do. Some don't. Yes. And he says about, he talks about like just worrying about the outcome. Mm-hmm. Like if you worry about the outcome, you're just worrying about something you can't control. Right. If you worry about where it is that you want to go, the key is to really keep trying no matter how many. Because every time, every time you don't get the outcome that you want to get, a lot of people may call that a failure. Yeah. It's not a failure, right? That means if you didn't, if you tried it and didn't get it, mm-hmm. it means that there was something you didn't see. There was something in your blind spot yeah. that you have to go back and figure out what that is. And maybe there's a lot of things in that blind spot, could, right? Could be. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I figured out a few things. And then you go back and you keep trying it until maybe it's the thousand and first try that you finally get it but if you gave up on the thousand time just because it was a thousand time yeah then i like how you put that because i think that things that people want out of life that they really really want are very difficult or challenging to get because if you think about it if they wanted it and it wasn't challenging they would have had it already right so I think things that you don't have require character that you don't have. I think they both work hand in hand. Yes. If you don't have it, you also don't have something a part of you. Right. That requires you to get that. Right. Yeah. So as you walk towards it and work towards it, you're also building that character to be in a position to get it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. 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 And so it's kind of like you have to work to put yourself in that position because if that position comes and you didn't work for it and you're not ready for it, somebody else is going to take it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what are you working on right now? More music. And we're trying to get to a place, me and my wife, uh, where we have our own venue and our own uh, own event center. Okay. Uh, somewhere in Dallas. 
Um, so we're talking with some people that own property and people who've been doing what we're trying to do to learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this whole journey with, you know, making music and getting out there in the scene and her catering really taught us um, a lot. Um, even even with me, Myra, you know, trying to collab with other artists. Um, it's a, it's like a thing now where, where you message or chat people um, to join you on your journey and to so you both can grow together. Mm-hmm. They will simply not respond to you. <laughs> they will simply not respond to you. Mm. Even though what you're doing, they, they see you working and hustling and doing a good job. And some of them are not even far along as you are. And they still have the audacity to not communicate. Mm. You know, so it, 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 it has taught me to kind of like connect with people who are like-minded um, and people who, if they say something, they're going to do it. Um, if they don't like it, you know, I like when people tell me, well, no, I'm not into that. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Cool. I, I move on. Right. You know, and I, I just want people to communicate. Right. But just to be ghosted and, you, you know, you chat with people, they don't respond to you. And it's like a real big thing now. People right. Just, people don't respond. Yes. <laughs> people, but, and then some will respond to you on a post, but not to you directly. <laughs> <laughs> that is a world we're in right now. That's what I deal with. In the music scene. Okay. Know, most of them, you know, hey, I got a beat. I got a song. You know, hop on it with me. You know, and, you know, I've contacted so many artists in Dallas. Even for our event that we're having on February 11th. To join the stage with me. You know, let's grow together. Let's get exposed together. I'll pay for the marketing. I'll do all of that. Nobody responded. Nobody. Except for one group. And he's a part of the flyer. So me and my wife and this other guy. But I've contacted countless of other artists in Dallas. And they don't even have the audacity to even respond back and say, no, nah, not for me. Really? And yeah, and so. these are artists that are also in, in the come up or trying to make it? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, you know, hey, I think that is great news for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is great news for you because some people don't have the discipline you do. Mm. I like that. I like that. Like, think about it. Like, that could be their... Imagine if you contacting them was their ticket for, like, like the breakthrough ticket, right? And they couldn't even say, hey, no, sorry, like, I'm busy or I have whatever, Right? Like, just not communicating, right? Mm-hmm. And that is good to know. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, it's like it's like saying, like, it's like that's your, in a sense, I mean, it's kind of like your teammates, but it's also your competition at the same time. It's kind of like me training jujitsu, right? It's like when I train with my opponent, it's like, like we're kind of competing at the same time, but we're teammates. Really, we're in the same. I get it. Yeah. We're we're in the same world together, right, trying to right. get better at this craft. Right. So, writing music. Are you writing any music with your wife right now? Yes, um, and doing this process, um, she's been transition. She's transitioning from a only a R and B singer to a rapper as well. Okay. 
So I think I'm also inspiring her. Okay. Um, okay. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, she's rapping now. And so um, our fans is, is really in for a treat when we have our, our event on February 11th. February 11th. On the, on the stage rapping with me. We got some good music coming. Okay. Where's this at? Um, at a venue in Garland, Texas. Um, it's a, a, a studio that has a stage and a little place where we can um, have a bar set up and everything. So their stage it's like a small venue type where okay. it holds about a hundred people. Okay. And they also have a little studio recording booth and all that, but they rent out their stage for people who wants to do like a, like a music video or whatever, but we're using it for a release party. Okay. All right. So we're going to be up there with a band and DJ and she's going to cater it, you know, um, and people who wants, want to come, you know, we're not really charging people. Um, they can just come and, and kind of like you go to our website and reserve a ticket. It's called a ticket because it's just a ticket. Right. You got to have a ticket. Right. You know, but people who go in and reserve, they, they'll still give money towards our, our endeavors. Okay. Um, so we, we have, we have fans. Okay. Even though we just started, we have, we have fans and people like us that like people who are moving and making a difference and actually following their dreams and investing in themselves. Yes. Not, not having their hand out, but they're actually putting money into themselves to make their dreams alive. You know, so. Um, yes. Yeah. It's on my website, jpastamedia.com. Okay. Just click the the um, release party click um, link there. It'll show you all the address and everything and how, how to get how to get ready for that. J J Posse Medium? J Posse. J Posse. Posse like a, like a Western Posse. Okay. Okay. Or Posse. Okay. Okay. J Posse. Okay. Okay. Very nice. I love Western. I love, I love Western. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So how can, how can I find you? Um, I put a lot of thought in my name because when people search for me, I want only me coming up, you know? So, um, mm. if you, if you search Jesse Dale Queens, uh, well, if you search Jesse Queens, you could get a designer of, a, of, of some blue jeans. <laughs> so if you search Jesse Dale Queens, you'll you get the rapper in Dallas, Texas. Okay. Whether okay. On Google, Spotify, YouTube, I'm the only one that's Jesse Dale Queens. Yes. So Okay. Very yeah. nice. And you're on Instagram. Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube, um, Spotify. Um, we're yeah. still and then, but I really like to um, get more traffic on my website mm. because uh, Facebook and Instagram is, you know, wants to make money off of us. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, which, which is cool. You know, I met a lot of people on Facebook and Instagram, you know, but uh, I always encourage everyone to make sure that you, you point traffic to your own website mm -hmm. because that's where you really can grow on your own website. Okay. You know, Yes, yes. So we'll we'll put that on the description. Okay. Um, and then Jesse, one, I'm curious to know. Everybody has different definitions of what like happiness means. Mm -hmm. There might be one like generic one for everyone, but like, what is your definition of happiness? All right, so I'm, I'm very simple. I'm a very simple guy. So um, happiness to me is 
when your life make makes sense is transparent and is true. You're happy. Um, it doesn't matter the quantity of what you have or whatever. If your life makes sense with what you want, it just makes sense, period. And it's transparent, which, which means that you see who you are and the people outside of you also sees. Because mm. transparent is both ways. Mm. So if mm-hmm. it makes sense, it's transparent, and it's true, mm-hmm. I think you're happy. Thank you tremendously for being here, accepting my invite. Glad to be here, yeah. And sharing your story. You know, that is sometimes, aside from all the hard things that happen, sometimes that is also another hard thing to do, which is sharing your story Yeah, yeah. in itself. And so uh, I really want to thank you for sharing that with us. I, I am the lucky one. <laughs> you know, to, to kind of hear it here firsthand. And I'm so excited for you and for your future and for your wives. And I mean, you have the discipline to just say, just keep working. Just keep working. I mean, what else? Right. Like what, what, like I, 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 it will get better. Just keep working. Yeah. 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 I love it. Well, Well, and on that, thanks again. Thank you. And we'll have, well, till next time, we'll have to have to have another podcast. Looking forward to it. For sure. All right. All right. <laughs>